Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, it's a big, happy, good morning to you. It's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ. It's just after 6 o'clock. Happy first of the month. And what a day it is going to be. We're going to rip into plenty of chat regarding sport, but mainly the cricket because it was outstanding. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. The Kennards High phone lines are open, and no doubt you cricket fans will be up and about this morning. We sure are. We can't wait to rip into it. But before then, listen closely. Izzy and Kempi's NRL draft is starting this morning at eight forty. Send us a text on double eight, double three, the Temper Bed Post text machine with your name and the code word either Izzy and Kempi. Depending on whose team you want to be in, Izzy's and Kempi head-to-head NRL draft. Izzy and Kempi will have the first two picks, and they will choose 14 of you to draft one NRL team each for your side to go head-to-head with the seven other, plus either Daggy or Kempi. Come on, my side, mate. You want to be a part of my team. How good. <laughs> the scoring system is simple. <laughs> Whoever's side finishes with the most regular season points and total wins, the winning side will win prizes. We will be on the hunt for something very tasty to reward you with. But as a bonus, to get us started today, everyone that texts to be involved goes in the draw to win a pair of the all-new ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas, which are available this Friday. Text double eight double three right now with your name and either Izzy, myself, or Kempi, and we'll pick 14 of you to be involved at 8. 40 Come this on. morning. I'm going to get my first look at these shoes today, Kempi, and we touched on it earlier. I'm going to get them signed. I'm going to hustle all these golfers, all these sports stars, as they say, get some signatures on to raise some money, because uh, Joe, earlier in the week, donated his back, so we're going to raise some money for the Psycho and Relief, but there you go. There's your chance. Come on over. I've got a few Come few over teams. to the Dream Team. Nah, 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 nah. Honestly... You got oh, your selections? You only got two. Got my selections? You got yeah, I know. I'm just going to, obviously, winning the toss is key, as they say, Kimpy. So, yeah, well, that, that, that'll determine. We all know where you're going. I'll figure you out. You got no tr- yeah. You got no tr- You don't know where I'm going. You don't. I do. <laughs> but it should, do. Be, it should be good. Get texting. Put your names down, 8833, which team you want to be on. You know you want to be on Kempe's team, Uncle's team, because we're going to go and take you all to the grand final with a couple of selections that I'm going to come up with. Hey, um, just on the news about Muruwai, I went out to Muruwai yesterday, is and, and uh, 
was the first time I actually had, went down. I actually went down to the golf club and had a chat to the boys down there. Ran into a couple of mates that had gone. It's it's like a, a, a literally is like a ghost town out there. They've they've shut it off. You can't get in unless you're resident. Um, I'm out there packing stuff up and handing stuff out and bits and pieces like that. Um, and I had a look back at the damage from the bottom where the golf club is. So the golf club's halfway up the beach and as you're standing on the golf club, as you know, you've played out there, you're looking back at the at the, the township. Oh, man, it's devastating to see how much of that, uh, that damage, that slip has actually come down. So um, I'm expecting a few calls. And and texting yep. for the for the gear today. Um, I went around and told as many boys as I could that you know there's opportunity here over the next um, 15, 16 days to pick some shoes up. You know for people out there at Murawai that that have actually lost everything. And I was talking to Aroha this morning about it actually finally sinking in on Saturday when I was I wasn't allowing it to sink in. And mates basically saying they ran down the road with just a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on. And um, and their kids in tow, and until I went and saw a mate Dempsey's um, tiny home that Steve had put him in, actually went, well, you've actually got nothing, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's a it was pretty sobering being out there uh, yesterday. Only two people in the surf, you know. I guess if there was a, a a shining light out of this, is the locals actually get to surf their home break on their own. Two blokes yeah. out in the water. I haven't seen two blokes in a water having a surf since I was living in Fongamata on my own. You know what I mean? When everyone has to go back to work and you're down in Fonga and you're surfing, looking back over over the hill, going, "I'm sure there's a hundred people going to run into the water in a minute." But yeah, it's um, that part of the day, mate, um, was was pretty sober. And then getting home and turning on the cricket, and Robbie got me going. He's going, this is going to be amazing, and like that. And I turned it back on, and I was like, it was honestly painful to watch that last part because they were getting so close to English, and you're going, come on, you know. And then they bowled, I quite like the ending of it, where they bowled what was a wide. Like I listened to the English commentary. He's like basically saying, well, that was a wide. (laughs) I was like, unlucky, (laughs) unlucky. And then the very next ball, they've got the final wicket, and I've gone, man, eat some humble pie. That was outstanding, outstanding. Wag ball is in town. (laughs) I love it. Wag ball's in town. Mate, he needed it. He needed it. A great uh, session, a great final innings for Neil Wagner. Obviously taking four wickets and uh, off his 20-odd overs. So, yeah, oh, 15 overs. He had a good chance and he got the gravy. But there was a, yeah, pretty contentious moment in that final over. You know, battle of attrition, five days. you got to give a little bit of leeway there for our bowlers who are going down there and giving it all. Obviously, there'll be controversy always in terms of results. But the English side, they took it on the chin. They stood tall and they're proud because of the product that they produced. Test match cricket is well and truly alive. And there's been a lot of talks, Kempi, in regarding test cricket and that win that it's great for the game. This ain't great for the game. This is great for New Zealand cricket, mate, because mm. everyone was writing them off. I'll be completely honest. I was writing them off all yesterday. Day, two sessions, done. I've got to come in and eat my hat and, and, and you know, sit here with an admiration for this team and what they've been able to achieve in, in that final day when everything was against them. You know, we just kept plying the pressure, staying in the dogfight, and, wow, 
a test match for the ages, and it was just so good to see. And I just can't wait for today. So Ian Botham was getting sprayed left, right, and centre post that, and he took it on the chin. He was standing tall and, and laughing, but I just cannot wait for the one and only Baz, <laughs> Baz Ball McCullum to arrive here. Is he coming? I heard that the flight got cancelled. <laughs> probably. He probably knows <laughs> what kind of uh, slack he's going to cop. Maybe he's going to cop it all. Having dinner last night with the lads, we were just sorting out a plan of how do we approach Baz McCullum when he arrives, you know. He would have been... We're quite happy that, that New Zealand got the result to be completely honest. We wouldn't have... I don't know if he would have fit through the door his shoulders, you know, the doorway would have been small enough for his big old shoulders, but I'll be just going up and saying, mate, put that chest down, mate. You know, you're back to, back to normal land. You're back with us now. You're plebing. Come on, mate. Get your clubs. Go clean them. Go clean that ball. You're back, Bears. You're back on ground zero. How good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Bears, is, Bears will be, mate, I tell you, Bears will be down there. It, it does make it exciting for the next one. Um, which is really good, and it does show that there's that Kiwi fight, mate. You just never, mm. you know, you, you do it at your own peril when you're writing teams off, and and they came back that what well, just that win yesterday, and what it does for cricket at Wellington. Um, no, we weren't the only ones writing them off yesterday. Is we had mm. Smithy came on, thought it would be all tied up, um, you know, by the by the um, early afternoon. Both, you know, Ian Botham said the same thing, so. The writing was on the wall, but just the way that they come in and dug in and never never really stopped, even when it got down to two balls, for me was the most, uh, I guess, inspiring thing. Like they just mm. didn't didn't not believe, you know what I mean? They just went out there and they thought, we'll get it, we'll get it, and we'll take it right to the... Uh... Mate, you couldn't have got any closer. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was pretty good. It's only fitting, Kempi. It's only fitting that these two teams do it together because the history as of late, has been unreal from these sides. Every every format, there's always been something controversial. You know, you're going to a super over, or you're going right down to the wire. You know, the fourth time in the history of the game of Test cricket that a team has been forced to follow on and get the result. It is such a good watch, and it is so good. For Kane Williamson and Tim Southey, Tim Southey's first win as a captain. You know, their, their series, home series, Test match record continues to 11 straight series without a loss. They've obviously on a on a wooden wicket. That was their first test match win in about eight tests. So mate, they'll be full of it. And after eight, we're gonna be chatting to one of the, the the main guys. He obviously took a wee bit of a niggle um in that last uh session, Matt Henry, but mate, he'll be up and about knowing what went on. So we've got a big show today, Kempi. Before we get off to have a catch up with Louie, what have we got coming up today? Yeah, well, look, we're driving to Survive straight out of seven with Will Burton talking Formula One, and then we're off to the beautiful central districts to saddle up and talk to Sweeney's Bevan Sweeney about racing and his thoughts on what's coming up, because it's Derby Week, and uh, some big news yesterday. I'll let Louie talk about that. We're talking wag ball. That's the new one for me out of eight with Matt Henry, as you said. <laughs> get a feel of the emotional win yesterday because it would have been for the Black Caps and uh, we've got our NRL draft up at 8.40 we'll tell you how it's going to run your chance to jump on Kempe's dream team or smash up as his dreamers uh, should be loads of fun and uh, lots of others catch ups love racing um, of course we've got the golf shoes to give away and don't forget running it straight today at 3pm we talk the final four and of course this big game coming up Friday night between the Warriors and the Knights my old teams Who's going to get that one? Well, if you continue on, I'm going to be running it straight at you with all that <laughs> dreamers chat. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, good morning to you, Kippy. Ah, Louis. 
morning, boys. Wag boy, I am absolutely loving. I would run to the post office and get that patented, uh, Kempi, because did you notice everybody stealing uh, Smithy's barest of margins yesterday? It was like it was like they couldn't say it enough, and I thought, oh, Smithy, I hope Smithy um, put his patent all over it so he's getting royalties every time they use his famous saying, eh? <laughs> Yeah, well, oh. no, he he probably got that. He probably patented that. It's probably got this is number plate in it, right next Dearest to the margins. Yeah. <laughs> Just on that, you know that like Smithy's iconic voice. He's always there in those iconic moments. And I was actually having a chat with Craig McMillan because he's doing the commentary, and he was talking about like when in those moments you've you've just got to have something. You've got to have something powerful that is going to be remembered. So, like, he would have scripted a couple of things down because knowing that the moment that might be that he can come out with that one line. Because that's the moment that will be watched for years to come. You know, that last ball from Neil Wagner will be watched for generations. And that iconic piece of commentary will be heard throughout the years. So, Smithy has come up with some absolute gems. And I hope Craig McMillan did it justice. But, mate, what a performance, Louis. You must be up and about. I've been watching, oh. reading your tweets. You are just <laughs> fizzing. Yeah, I was. I watched so much of this test, like everybody, and I kind of, um, geez, you you ride the highs and lows of it. There just isn't anything like test cricket, is there? Five days, and you kind of come, it comes down to it, it just up against the wall. I reckon that this would have to be one of the greatest nobody believed in us wins. You must have a couple of these. I don't know about you, is he? Because a lot of, well, your Hawks Bay teams, but a lot of the teams you played in were obviously favoured. Kempi, do you have any good, like, um, experiences got, from not nobody believed in us teams? I'm sure there would have been two, some Kiwis teams. i got two um, that come straight to mind. One, when we played, Castle played Wigan in a, in a final, um, Regal Trophy final, we beat them 33-2. And they, that was the great Wigan side um, with oh, 17,000 internationals. And the other one was the Kiwi test down in Melbourne in 91, which they said was arguably the best ever uh, kangaroo side at that time. Mm. And uh, we went down there and tailed them up down Olympic Park. So, mate, th- that's what I mean with Kiwi teams. Like, you, if you, what I've learned over my lifetime is when you do put the, put the line in the sand against the Kiwi team, you're generally going to get a kick up the bum, you know. And that's exactly what they did yesterday. Like, they have just come out and gone, well, you should never have written us off. You do that at your own peril, and we did. Yeah. I've got to say yesterday, we all did, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eating humble pie. I'm getting it shoved down my gob at the moment. Yes, same. But same. Um, I look, I can't, I can't think of anything better, you know, like when it, it, just the, just the, like, I think you've hit the nail on the head is, you know, like there's, it's been such a dramatic couple of years since Baz has taken over England and the chatter around, you know, like you said, Tim Southey's first win, um, just the way it was done is going to go down in history is probably the greatest ever test match in New Zealand's history, uh, on New Zealand soil. Just there's so many good things about it. Well, there just hasn't been any confidence to be able to, to back it up with the final day. Like you're confident in, in England's style of cricket and they've shown that over, over the last couple of or year or so. So with the the black caps you're thinking, ah, oh, look I want them to win, but I just can't see it happening. And I'll eat humble pie with an open smile. Man, I'm I'm absolutely pumped that the black caps got the job done and, and won that game. You know, after that first Bay over test and I was hoping for some dogfight. I was backing them, but we deflated, and then we went to Test 2. 
and and it was just a roller coaster. It's, it's hard to follow, you know. Like we we put ourselves under pressure. They get off to a good start, scoreboard pressure. We get rolled for for you know skittles, and then we go out. And we sow some fight. We get two fifty ahead. So you're like, oh look, we're back in this, but. This England side of 48 for one after a wee session heading to day two, chasing 200 with nine wickets in hand. You're thinking, well, oh, so good. They'll, just... they'll do that with ease, surely. And we're all thinking the spinners are going to have a day out. Well, the seam bowlers were the ones that actually get this in this game. So the great game of Test cricket is well and truly alive. And well done to the Black Caps. And I cannot wait to rip into Bears McCullum later on this, uh, this morning. So it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. John, just so geared up for this. Like, I just am absolutely fizzing this morning still, just reliving it all. And just got to give a massive shout-out to the Basin. Because how good was that five-day pitch? What a wicket. Yeah. What a wicket. You were still getting unreal bounce on the that fifth day. It was really exciting. It was probably the perfect test wicket for mine. Boys, the morning after, what's the overriding emotion? That's all I want to throw out there. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Let's get emotional. What's the overriding emotion after that miracle? What do you reckon? Oh, well, I'm going to sit on it, and I know Kimpy will sit on it, and I know many of you will be sitting at home. What am I feeling right now? It is a, it is mixed feelings, but it is some. Oh, there's some goosebumps. There's some warm fuzzies on the inside here for myself. So there'll be plenty going on. We'd love to hear from you on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. Let us know what are your overriding emotions after that miracle win by the Black Caps. Let us know. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back at 6.26 on the 1st of March. Hope you're having a good morning. You'll be up and about. You'll be flying because our black caps had a test for the ages. And, well, we want to hear from you. 0800 150 Give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line. You'll have some sort of emotions flowing through your mind, your body this morning. And Mark has come through. He is proudness. He is, he is very, very proud. Of of his black caps outfit that fought all the way to get a one run, five days to get a one run win over the England side who are flying at the moment. So we asked the question, what is your overriding emotion after the miracle win by the black caps? Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven on the Kinar Typhoon on double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Kempi for you, what is, what are your emotions? How are you feeling, my friend? Ah. Uh. I'm feeling a bit of humility here because of um, saying that the Black Caps couldn't win yesterday. You know, that 200 runs weren't, weren't enough for um, the Black Caps to win it. And then just the, you know, being Kiwi, obviously proud. I think proud's a really good um, word mm. to be using. You know, just that we showed the fight and, and got it got the job done and um, proving everyone wrong once again because that's what Kiwis do. Mm. Yep, no, I'm, I'm the same, mate. Look, and there's a message coming. You too, Kempion, as you have no loyalty. Don't say you were back in the black caps. You were back in Bears. We all heard it. Just admit it that you wanted England to win because of Bears and stop making excuses. I'm not making excuses, mate. I backed the black caps in the first test. They got absolutely pumped. So it's hard to get any confidence from that. I thought England would ease into it, ease into it yesterday, but they proved me wrong. I'm eating my hat, mate. 
but I always back the black caps. I've got one eye in there with my good friend Bears, but always the black caps, mate, and they proved me wrong. And now they won, and we're eating our hat, and I've just got nothing but adoration for this side and respect. When they go into the dog fight, when everyone's against them, they believed, they found some sort of hope, and they dug deep, and they got the result, and that's what you want from sport. Whoever you support aside, that was a test match for the ages, and, uh, oh, man, I've got so much adoration for this side, the the, uh, the Black Caps, for what they've gone through. And, and the question is, now, so, there were so many question marks over players in this test. You know, you got Neil Wagner, who's lost a wee bit of pace. You know, he was getting slapped around in that first test. Yes, he got four wickets in the first innings, but kind of struggled in that second outing. A lot of pressure on him going into this. Has he proved the doubters wrong? You know, there'll be uh, a lot of ticks next to his name after that performance in the final day. you got Henry Nichols. There's still question marks around Henry Nichols, whether he is the man to carry them forward. you got Gary Stead, whether he's still got, you know, got, got the reins in a tight grip, whether the team will support him. But this will go a long way to, to proving... Well, the doubt is wrong for sure, but for you, uh, Louis, what, what's your what's your emotions, mate? You have plenty. Joy, just happiness, boys. Like I, mm. I, I could not just stop smiling. The the celebrations, the way mm. they flocked each other, just the desperation in that last over there, and when um when Ben folks pulled and Wagner caught him on the boundary, they needed seven to win. I don't know about you guys, Kimpy, but I could not believe it. I could not believe that he did it. He played such a good innings. And then he hit it straight down Wagner's throat. Yeah. And then just joy, just so happy. I mean, it must – and it makes me feel like – it gives me all the warm fuzzies about when I've played team sport throughout the years. But for you guys, it just must bring back such good memories of that winning moment when you've just given so much. When, when, he, played, oh. when he played that shot, when he played that shot, I was actually thinking of the pressure that he was under as the run rate was getting down to, like, you know, went from uh, 11, 10 – nine and it was getting down and he was getting closer and closer and then his shots got riskier yeah and, and it's just the pinpointing of the bowling to make him play those those riskier mm. shots they got him like that catch by Wagner on the on the boundary wasn't easy you know he had to get right down on right down on the grass to catch it and no one talked about how good a catch that was they went oh he's more about um getting the batter out and then the 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 batter out and then of course the the one the other one that got me was when uh, well I think it, I I can't remember who it was but he he took a swing and it fell between the wicketkeeper and the outfielder because that was the game you know mm. I think it was about six runs to go then um, and I was just like oh this is so painful like just get him out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what you get with this um, this England side. You know, like they should have breezed through this final day and chasing down the two under with nine wickets. But it's risk versus reward when you go out there with aggressive mindset. When the ball's probably not quite there, like Joe Root's dismissal. You know, when he got out cheaply, um, that's that's the risk and the reward you're going to get. You go either going to risk it all and go out there and, and get the win. Or you're going to get the reward as the, the ultimate scalp. And for New Zealand, in their case, they got the rewards in the end. They stayed in the fight. 
and it's so good to, to see. They are back, and they've had a win, and they're taking on Sri Lanka not too long away from that test match as well, taking place down here. Uh, it's actually at Hagley Oval, so might have to have a head along and, and watch Sri Lanka taking on the Black Cats. We are talking Black Cats. We'd love to hear from you, 0800 150 or double eight double three. You can come at us because we were riding New Zealand off. That's fine. That was fine, but that, hey, I'll eat my hat and say well done to the Black Caps. I'm sure many of you out there were writing them off as well. Coming up, we've got headlines with Louis. Oh, wonder who he's got for us. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SENZ, welcome back to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We're revelling in one of the great New Zealand victories I've witnessed in my lifetime. Uh, what do you think? What's your emotion? Double eight, double three. After that, Black Caps win. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Traders and builders were talking to you with their Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Couple of sports headlines and on the cricket. I can't get away from it. Tim Southey, his first winner's test winner's captain. I mean, what a what a satisfying moment for Tim Southey. And, and this is his thoughts when that ball safely went into Tom Blundell, who played one of the bravest and most impressive test matches of his life, by the way. This is what Tim Southey was thinking. Yeah, we got a little bit lucky there with a little flick of the um, bat down the leg side and, um, and Tommy Bundle just, just capping off what uh, has been a great, not only series, but sort of 18 months for, for him as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely stoked for Wags um, to be able to come back and change the game like he did in that last session. Um, so, yeah, just the... Like I say, I'll sort of keep going back to it, but just the character that was shown from the from the guys over the last three days, um, and from all the guys as well. It's uh, different guys stepping up at different different times as well. So just a just a true uh, team effort over the last three days. Oh, you can just hear it in Tim's voice. He he is really proud. He's you can hear it in the back mm. of his throat. There, it's just so good. And Tim Tom Blundell standing up at the stumps, making sure the English batters had to stay in their crease. That was the winning of the test. Don't get it twisted. Incredible bravery from Tom Blundell. And Kempi, Tamari Martin has been named at standoff for the Warriors in their opening clash this week against your old side. A couple of your old sides. It's called the Kempi Bowl, I think they're calling it. <laughs> Newcastle Knights in the, in the Kempi Bowl. So the first Warriors Playing team for of the, the year. <laughs> oh, none of that. First Warriors team of the year. What were your instant reactions, mate? Uh, look, I, th I think it was pretty predictable. Good to see that um, five of the players that were brought in have all got a start. Uh, the shape, I, I don't know why people are surprised that tomorrow Martin's got, got the six jersey because uh, they, they were saying that he should have been fullback. Like, Chance was always going to play fullback, and Andrew Webster said that. He was uh, he was he was bought to play fullback, so I think it's a I think it's a, a really good um, team shaped up for Friday night, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, now that the the uh, the competition kicks off, the two points are on the line. The effort that they uh, they put in, do they listen to to Webby and get the job done, or do we see the same old same old? It'll be interesting to see, Kempe, but I love that little selection from Tamari Mata. I thought he showed signs in that first uh, hit out with, against the West Tigers. Hopefully, uh, Sean Johnson, Tamari Martin combination can take us four and get that uh, result going forward. But uh, just back to Tim Sally. Look, a lot of the spotlight was on, on England, which is fair enough. But Tim Sally, as a true leader does, rallies around his troops, gives them that belief and leads from the front. 
leads from the front. Three for 45 of his 20 overs with an economy of 2.2. Like, mate, that is absolutely outstanding bowlers. And when you need your leader to stand up and, and bowl like he bowled and put the pressure back on um, on England, well, there you go. That is what it's all about. And when you look at your skipper for inspiration, he was leading from the front. And Tom Blundell, if you go through his previous scores over how many innings, he always got a start with a couple of hundreds in, in between. Mate. He would have to be the man of the series in terms of the Black Caps. He was phenomenal throughout the series. So well done to Tom Blundell taking the the, the reins from BJ Watling. And you need your wicketkeeper batter to be performing, and he was doing that in droves. So well done. Well done to the Black Caps. A couple of messages coming through. Morena boys, how were those Black Caps? A bloody awesome game with all the highs and lows. Thought Blundell should have got man of the match. Cheers, Marshy from Hawks Bay. Totally agree, Marshy. Just just alluded to it right then. Blundell was outstanding. Another one from Joe. Morena gents, after that last week it was taken, I had the same feeling as the last leg of a four or five leg racing multi getting up. It was fist pumped, yelling at the team part relief, part absolute pride for picking the multi, part pure adrenaline pumping and that feeling of euphoria that settles over you as you look at your TAB account. Same feeling I had watching, I can't read that bottom bit, but there you go, Joe, he is pumped. Absolutely, well done. And then another one from Kevin, Izzy. Wow, I got that wrong. We got off the canvas with a 15-round knockout. Absolutely brilliant. Wagner bowling the way he should always. Short, nasty one. Latham, Kane, Blundell, brilliant with the bat. Two of our four and five scored 70 runs between them. There's Root and Brook, but the 400 runs between them in two innings. Those spinners, eight wickets, ours two. In two matches, so there you go. And then another one yesterday was why Test cricket tragics quietly exist. Never say never, <laughs> never, ever die in the fight. So keep those messages coming through. Your messages of support for our Black Caps. They have evened up the ledger with England for a one-all series draw up against Basball. How good. Uh, 0800-150-811. The Kenard Tire phone line is open. Right now, because it's that time of the morning, and Zaid has must set his alarm because he's called before I've even announced it. Quizzy Dag coming up. Give yourself a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs for our winner, our lucky winner. Give us a call right now. Kempi will help you if you get stuck. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it, Quizzy, they come play it. 0800. 150811. Now give us a call. Yes, 0800 150 is the Ken phone line. If you want to come through and have a crack at the quiz, now's your time. $50 TAB bonus bet. Oh, there's plenty of sport and racing coming up over the weekend, so I'm sure you'd absolutely love to have that $50. Well, we're going to head to Christchurch because John. 
from Christchurch, you're up first, mate. You're opening up the bat. How you doing, Johnny? Well, g'day. How you going, fellas? You right? Oh, good. good, mate. We're up. We're up this morning. We're all chirping because of uh, that fantastic win yesterday from our Black Cats, oh, good, mate. Eh? Oh, good. Oh, so good. Just showed heart and ticker and proved many, including myself, wrong, and I absolutely love it. So well done to them. But here we go, mate. Good luck to you. Question number one. After round one. What team is top of the Super Rugby Pacific table? Blues, mate. How hard was that to say? Yeah, very difficult, mate. It's a filthy word, really. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Here we go. Question number two. What part of his body had Matt Henry injured yesterday before he rose from the ashes to help the Black Caps win? Yesterday, I believe lower back. Back is correct. Question number three: The Wellington Phoenix currently sit in fifth on the A League table. Who is the seventh placed side they take on this Saturday? Uh, seventh placed side. Sure. Um, not the plan. Western United is it? Um, not their plan. Sorry, John. Oh, we're gone there, mate. We're gonna have to let you go. Sorry, mate. We'll chat to you tomorrow, Johnny. We're gonna go to Jade from Hamilton. Good morning, boys. How are we? Good, Jade. Very, very good this morning. The Wellington Phoenix currently sit in fifth on the A League table. Who was the seventh place side to take? They take on this Saturday. Newcastle. Newcastle Jets. Newcastle Jets is correct. Question number four. Who does Fernando Alonso drive for in the Formula One? Do I get a clue, please, Kimpy? Everybody loves somebody sometimes. (laughs) Oh. Nah, I'm out. Sorry, boy. Two. Oh, good, Jade. Have a good day, my friend. And remember, we've got Will Buxton. Will Buxton coming up after 7 o'clock. He is a great journalist. He is the voice of Drive to Survive. So there you go. If you're a Formula 1 fan, stay tuned. We're going to go to Richie in Upper Hutt. How you doing, Richie? Yeah, good, is he? After that cricket yesterday. Oh, were you there, mate? Were you there? No, I had to work, damn it. Oh, mate. You would have been listening on the airways. That's all good, mate. You were there in spirit. Sport, it was on. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, good luck, Richie. Question number four. Who does Fernando Alonso drive for in the Formula One? Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Kimpy. What a beautiful voice, mate. Has anyone ever told you that, Kimpy? Cut it out. Okay. Now, now question number five. Name either of the centres named in the Warriors 13 to take on the Knights on Friday. Go Viliami. Raiden Viliami. Can you name the other one? Or um, Pompey. <laughs> yeah, good man. Pompey. Richie good knows. Work, upper Hutt Tigers. Yeah. Come on, the yeah. Upper Hutt Tigers. Upper Hutt Rams. Three o'clock today. <laughs> yes, three o'clock. Run it straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt. How good. Uh, well done. There you go, Richie. A $50 TAB bonus bid coming your way. Stay tuned because I'm sure Louis Herman Watt 
will lead you into something. We'll just give you a little bit of gravy that maybe get your thought process going. Anyway, stay tuned. Love Racing coming up. Five minutes away from seven, and boys, loveracing.nz, we have a treat for you today. Do they have TAB terminals at Millbrook, is he? I've never been to them, though. No. No chance, no chance, but I've got the app up and going. I'm ready for you to split it all out, mate. What do you got? Okay, well, today, uh, <laughs> they're the, the great people, aren't they? Uh, Sam and Katrina down there at Little Lavendale. They we are. are massive fans of uh, their little slice of paradise. And they've got the Lowland Stakes today, Little Avondale Lowland Stakes. This is Group 2 Racing. We're going to catch up with Bevan Sweeney, who is everything Central District Racing. I'm sure Kempi could tell some stories about Sweeney's. Sweeney's. Uh, <laughs> coming up next hour. Um, and he'll probably be better to tip us into the winner of the Lowland. I do have a tip for us, though. The market's suspended, not because I've had a massive bet. Maybe they're running scared. Race number two. There is a horse called, and this is a good field, like bestseller, obviously, very good filly. Boasting, very good filly. Duncan Creek, good three-year-old, super easy. Fellini is talented. Churchillian, one fresh up for us at a price. But we're all about Colorado Silver. Sixes into fives. John O'Benner, Holly Wynyard, they tipped, uh, Holly tipped to us on Saturday morning. We said, anything coming up over the next couple of weeks, Holly? Colorado Silver's back at the races. They've got big wraps on her. She was awesome fresh up at uh, Taranico. She absolutely flew. Nothing was catching her that day. If she can take progression from that race, improvement, which I dare say she should be able to take a, a length or two, I think she'll be very hard to beat with Mike McNabb, 55 kgs, barrier three. You're getting a price. I reckon the place is a great bet. I reckon have a little bit on the schnoz as well at $5. I think it's fair value. I think it is. And other than that, there are chances across the card. Uh, I don't mind one in race six down the bottom. Apache Ann, ooh, $8 into six fifty. So some of, some of you had the same theory as me. I reckon each way at six fifty and two thirty. Apache Ann uh, in race number six is nice value. And in the feature, the group two Little Avondale Lowland Stakes, you do think family ties after that win in Taranaki at Kempi's home track should be putting her right there. Slightly niggly gate, but you've got the one, the only Opie boss, and family ties would be my top pick. But we'll let Bev and Sweeney tip us the winner of the Little Avondale Lowland Stakes. Nice, nice. Bad. And what about uh, the news yesterday about ProS, Louis? Oh, wow, we. Wow, we can be uh, sharp and smart. Gee, he's got he'd have a mortgage on this derby, wouldn't he? He does. I now. was looking. I was looking yesterday, mate. How's this? You understand how race? You guys understand how ratings work to a point where the people way smarter than us they go through this stuff and they say, "Here's what this horse is rated on its past performances. This is the number it gets." How's this for the derby? Being a on paper one horse race. The second highest horse rated horse in this race, three year old, is Desert Lightning, rated seventy eight. Then there's Dynastic at seventy seven. Sharp and Smart is rated one hundred and ten. <laughs> oh, you're probably only going to get a dollar ten when it's when it jumps. <laughs> Seriously, oh. like on paper, this is an absolute cakewalk. But the reality is, derbies are not like that. The draw is all important. And after That's 11, right. the barrier announcement with Craig Baker, Smithy, I'm going to hang around for it because I'm sick for this stuff. Oh, how good. <laughs>
<laughs> How good, mate! That, what's what's it at at the moment? Look, if we look forward to dollar seventy five, I think dollar seventy five. So you take that now, really, after the Barry draw, multi anchor draw. It doesn't matter Inside where it draws. Bang. If you watch that yeah, last race, it could can't it be could, dynastic. It could draw. It could draw Ellerslie Racecourse and run all the way back down to Tarapa <laughs> and win it. <laughs> Beautiful. Love the confidence, lads. Thanks so much, Louis, for we update. Plenty to choose from. Coming up, we got Will Buxton talking all things Formula One. How good? If you've got any questions for Will, let us know. Big couple of hours coming up on the show. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ, March the 1st, it's just after 7 o'clock, hope you're having a good morning to boot, we are halfway through a big week, and well, I know you'll be all happy and up and about, and I know Cam Waters is happy, he just said cheers for the golf shoes yesterday boys, made the bro Scotty cry when I told him, then we exchanged, uh, then we exchanged love you bros, filling my cup with mana, waitara whanau, tahi, tātou, kempi, cam waters, so appreciate it mate, that's the least we could do for your 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 good friend Scotty, who was going through some tough times, there's no better place to get out on the golf course and play some golf with your mates, love it, keep those messages coming through, double eight, double three, if you've got any messages for our next guest, let us know, Will Buxton, it is five past seven. In Formula One, you need to be able to adapt. When you need to be aggressive, you need to be aggressive. When you need to be smooth, you need to be smooth. And when I'm in the car, I will never give up. Max Verstappen, how are you feeling about being in the chair? Um, it's quite comfortable, so. Wowee, Max Verstappen, the back-to-back champ. He's back in the drive to survive hot seat and he's back on the track this weekend when the new season of the Formula One lights up in Bahrain. Last year, the sport was going through some of the biggest changes in its history as the cars were transformed into something quite different to before. There were the, This year, many of us were wondering one thing, can anyone rein in Mad Max and the Red Bull at the head of the snake? And if they can, who is it? that will come out of the pack to do so because we're not qualified to answer that ourselves. We're going straight to the top. One of the stars of Drive to Survive, long-time motorsport journalist and F1 guru, Will Buxton, joins the show again. G'day, Will. How you doing, mate? I'm grand. How are you doing? Oh, mate, after hearing that wee little sneak peek of what's to come, I am excited. <laughs> there is so many good things to watch on uh, Netflix at the moment. Drive to Survive will be one of the ones I'll be ripping into you, mate. But this time of the year must be all about the anticipation for you. Only days out from racing proper. I know, man. I know. Honestly, this is my favourite time of the entire season because it's like Christmas. You know, you get all these little boxes that you get to unwrap and <laughs> discover what's in them. And and genuinely, that's what we had. And, you know, we only have three days of preseason testing. And, you know, okay, for a lot of people, it's, it's like watching Tiger Woods smack a golf ball down the range for 25 hours. But <laughs> for us in motor racing, it's fascinating because you can't read everything into the headline times. You have to look at the body language of the cars on track and the drivers when they get out of the cars in the paddock to really get a feel for who's looking positive, 
who's not feeling quite so great. And I think after these three days that we've had of testing, we're, we're starting to see a shakeup of, of who's expecting to do well. And I think critically as well, who's expecting to spring a surprise. And I've, I, I've got a really great feeling that we might get a shock podium in, in the opening, Ooh. potentially the opening weekend this weekend. Mm. Hey, well, is there a team that has been testing off the scales that we might not have expected, but look like they can rattle the cage and find themselves up uh, the grid more often than not? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, look, we all know that, that Red Bull are going to be the team to beat, and they look phenomenal in testing. But we normally look to the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes to come and mix it with, with Red Bull. And it's always those three teams that have our focus. But from everything we've seen in preseason testing, from the maths that we've done on the long runs and all of that, Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso, I genuinely think could find themselves on the podium on Sunday. And this is this is crazy. They don't have the out-and-out fastest car. I don't think they're going to be mixing it up for pole position, maybe not even the front two rows of the grid. But when you look over the race distances that they did in preseason testing, I reckon they've got the legs on Mercedes and Ferrari. And everyone is staring at them right now and thinking, how have they done it? Are they really that good? And if they are, how the hell are we going to catch them? Because they look like they've really turned a corner. Oh, that is good to see when the flying red car is up there on the podium. There is no better sight than Formula One. But for Max Verstappen, you heard him in that little snippet earlier on, he is comfortable. Will returning for racing this season be even more settled with no shadow of doubt around the way he's won his driver's championship? He's uh, very confident. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, super confident. Listen, so confident he didn't even take part in the final day of testing, right? He left that to Sergio oh. Perez. He was like, I'm done, right? I got all I need <laughs> to know out of this car. I'm fine. I'm just going to swan around the paddock all day and, and literally didn't even touch the car on the final day of testing. Like, like that's confidence. It's a mic drop before the season's even started. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. But listen, only one driver in history won his first three world championships in a row, and that was Sebastian Vettel. You know, if Max was to do it this year, he'd be only the second driver ever to do it. It would be something really incredible. Only the the, the very finest few have even won three in a row. We look at, you know, likes of Fangio and Schumacher and, you know, all the greats in the history of the sport that, that have, have managed to achieve it. Senna never did it. Prost never did it. So if Max can win three world championships uh, in a row, it would be something absolutely spectacular. But I think right now he's got the car underneath him, certainly to start the season as the favourite. Yeah, you'll probably do another next uh, Netflix movie, uh, Will, if that happens, with the gets, a, gets a, the trilogy. Um, what about Mercedes? They figured out these new cars yet, and can they actually be a contender? Well, here's the interesting thing, right? So you mentioned in the lead-up to this that last year there was this huge regulation change in the sport where, where basically they ripped up everything that had gone before in terms of how the cars were designed to have these very new regulations and at the same time bring in financial restrictions on the teams and also uh, a restriction in the amount of testing they were allowed to do back at base in the wind tunnels and on their computers to try and figure out where they might have gone wrong or where they could improve with the design of the car. So ultimately, if you won the world championship, you have the least amount of time to develop your car. If you're bottom in the world championship, you have the most amount of time to develop your car. So what we saw in preseason testing were the top teams, Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes, with really kind of 
expected developments because that's all they could do given the time. And we saw the lower teams that finished further down the championship taking huge gambles, putting massive developments on their cars and really trying exciting things. And it looks like it's, it's worked out for Aston Martin. For Mercedes, they've had to stick with what was a very complicated car that didn't really work last year because they don't have the time or the resource to just chuck it all in the bin and start again. So they've got to make it work. They're, they're more on top of it than they were last year. Are they on top of it enough to take the fight to Red Bull? Listen, this is why this time of the year is so exciting for me, because we don't know. And we're only going to know this weekend when, you know, they say the uh, when the flag drops, the... Uh, BS stops, and uh, and so so that's uh, that's what we're all looking forward to. Well, we're all looking forward to this name. Where's Lewis Hamilton at? Because it seems mad to think of him going around participating rather than hunting. Is the hunger still there? Oh yeah. Yes, and if the hunger wasn't there, Lewis would be off doing something else. You know, for as long as Lewis Hamilton's turning up, you know that hunger is there. He's one of the greatest sportsmen in the world. Um, and that motivation, I think, is as strong as it's ever been. You saw it last year, even with a car that wasn't competitive. Lewis took the brunt of the responsibility for developing that car, for getting it through its difficult phase, to get it to a place where his teammate was able to win a Grand Prix. And and he did all of that work for his teammate to be able to sort of reap those rewards in the latter part of the season. Lewis is committed. You know, he's rejuvenated. He's refreshed. And if there is a car underneath him that's capable of fighting for it, you know he's going to be there and he's going to be pushing Max Verstappen every single lap of the way. And talking about another couple, uh, well, what about uh, Christian and Toto? Are they still at war? Ah, oh, they're busy mates, you know, spend Christmas together. <laughs> Listen, those two, those two are like, they're so similar to each other that they just end up hating each other. You know, it's, it's the, it's the old, they're not that dissimilar, really. You know, they, they were both former racers, you know, they both ended up now as team principals. They both have these huge responsibilities on their shoulders, very different management styles, but I don't think deep down they're really all that all that dissimilar. They just wanna they just wanna win. You know, that's it. That's that's all they live for is is winning and now, as you can see, beating each other. It makes good TV. That's why people want to go watch Drive to Survive, <laughs> to see those two yeah. hot dogs running around at, at war with each other. It's so good to watch. And last year, there were so many moving parts to capture. What, what's the feedback been from Season 5 to Drive to Survive so far? So from what I've heard from Box to Box and the guys that, that make the series, it's doing really, really well. The numbers appear to be great. I think it went in at number four in the U.S., which is the highest um, and the best start it's ever had over, over in the United States. So that's really, really positive. And listen, you know, it's, it's amazing because after four seasons, you might expect it to drop off and people's attention to wane. But from what I'm hearing, it's, it's doing really, really well, which is, is fantastic because I know the amount of work that goes into it from, from the team behind it. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of it. And I just sit down and, and answer some questions, which is weird for me because I'm normally the one asking the questions. So, um, But it's, it's, it's <laughs> lovely, you know, and to be able to bring this sport to an even larger part of, of the global sports fan base is it, it's such a delight just to have people talking about Formula One again. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's fantastic what it's done for the sport, how it's growing it, getting people of all ages from all nations interested in it and, and really showing 
you know, who these racing drivers are behind the scenes, getting, you know, underneath the the visor, getting inside their their minds is what it's done is fantastic. And I think also when you look at sports documentaries, you know, you said there's so many things on Netflix now to watch. Mm. You know, there's the tennis documentary, there's the uh, oh. the golf documentary, there's there's so many, and it's really fascinating how now people don't say, "Oh, we really need a sports documentary." They say, "We need a drive to survive." It's completely yeah. changed the game in, in in how we look at at representing a sport and bringing it to the masses. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think you've been the, the benchmark for, for creating this openness from other industries and sports to be able to allow cameras inside their closed doors. You've got full swing. You've got the tennis. You've got the full, uh, quarterbacks over in the NFL that are currently open up. Does that make you proud for, for a Formula One journalist that has been, been a big part of the sport that you've set the benchmark to allow these other teams to, to be open about it? Like you, You've changed the game, really. I can't take any responsibility for that. That's all <laughs> on the guys at Box to Box. They're a fantastic, really a fantastic team. And you know, these are the guys who, if you've if you've seen the the Ayrton Senna documentary, the movie that came out a few mm. years ago, yep. and then uh, the one that followed about Amy Winehouse. Um, mm. These are the the guys behind those movies. You know, they know how to tell compelling stories that get people, um, you know, really into the heart and soul of what drives these people and what makes them so special. And I'm just honestly just honored that they even asked me to come in and answer a few questions and and to be a part of it is is something i never thought that, that i would uh, i'd get to do so to be a part of this this global phenomenon is guys it's crazy come on like it's mad. <laughs> it, <is>. Love it. <laughs> it is crazy well and you should take some accolade there just thought, just quietly that amy winehouse um documentary was fantastic too that that was put together yeah. uh, we got a we got a question here from one of our uh, listeners uh, well morning lads can you please ask will who's the who is the newest driver that is standing out so far? That's from Richie. Uh, out of the rookies who's come in, uh, you know, look, we've got three rookies this season. Uh, we've got Logan Sargent from America. We've got Oscar Piastri uh, from Australia. Uh, and we've got Nick DeVries, uh, who made his debut last year for Williams just on a one-off. So this is his first full-time season. I think all three of them are going to have tricky years because they're going to find themselves in teams that are, certainly from what we've seen in preseason testing, maybe the slowest three teams in the sport. Um, so that, in a way, is a good thing because it alleviates the pressure on them. Um, you know, it doesn't put them straight up at the, at the, at the top and fighting for, for, for podiums and wins. But at the same time, it, you know, we don't get to see a true appreciation of, of how good they are and, and what they can bring. But uh, in terms of their immediate impact, I think Nick DeVries has had a, a, a very big impact at uh, his Alpha Tauri team, which is the Red Bull Junior team, uh, with guys there saying he's already kicking our butts and he's you know he's telling us we need to change this, we need to change that, we need to do this differently. Like he's come in and he's he's immediately put himself in there as the boss. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how all of them do, and they're great kids, super talented. Mm. So just ex- excited to see what they can do. Yeah, t- uh, youth brings excitement and entertainment. I'm looking forward to watching it unfold later this year, mate. Appreciate it. Just quickly before we let you go, Will, what other sports are you into? Everyone just looks at you as the Formula One man, the madman, Will Buxton, Formula One. Are you into <laughs> other things? Uh, I, I, I could tell you that I, I love football, but I support Reading, who aren't very good. So people will tell you I, I know nothing about that. <laughs> and I usually end up bottom of my mates' uh, fantasy Premier League teams and all that. Uh, but um, but I, I love, listen, I love my winter sports. Um, I, I adore my winter sports. Um, so essentially anything that's against a stopwatch, be it on mm. wheels or on snow, 
Uh, I, I absolutely adore that. Um, love a little bit of cricket. Not loving losing by one run, but we won't go into that. Oh, I was just going to bring that up, mate. We're, we're nah, all flying you really here this morning. What do you f- we don't have to bring that up. What do you feel fine. about that, mate? To, we don't have, you disappointed? No, we don't have to do that. No, it's all right. I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. We don't Come have on, to do Brenda McCullum, he'll be deflated <laughs> today when he arrives in Queensland. I can't wait to rip into him, mate. But uh, we appreciate you, Will Buxton. And just talking Formula One, you are the the voice on the show that is Drive to Survive. I look forward to watching it and seeing what unfolds this year, mate. Thank you so much for your time. You take care, Will. You take care too, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, Will Buxton, absolute champion. If you haven't watched Drive to Survive, go and have a binge over the weekend. Watch all the seasons and well, Drive to Survive 5. Is it out now, Louis? It's out now. It is out now. I've I've watched what the first episode and um yep. yeah, it's it's just hilarious. Like the they the access they get and you kind of wonder if the athletes and maybe the team bosses turn it on sometimes for the cameras, but it, who to. cares? It's it is it's like a mix between sports documentary and reality TV. And Will, just quietly, isn't he one of the world's best blokes? God, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he he clearly loves his sport as well. Very nice guy, and like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I've just finished Full Swing, so, and that's what I love now. Like, they've they've laid the the foundations now for other sports to follow suit, so knowing what it's done for the brand. You know, they would have amassed thousands, millions of, of Formula One fans just from watching it. My wife turned into a Formula One fan. She knew nothing about it. You'd think on the outside looking in, oh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, he looks like a sport brat, but my wife absolutely loved him when she watched the show, so... <laughs> It's great. It's great for, for novices to go along and just start enjoying the sport and get an understanding of how much money's involved, what's going on behind the scenes, and these drivers, what they put their bodies through in their minds. That 300 clicks going into a corner and just driving around it with ease, man, they make it look good. So I, I love it. I hope others... Well, if there's another sport, lads, all the sports following suits, what, what would, the, would the sport be for a Netflix series? The next one. Horse racing. Yep. Racing out Horse of racing. out of yeah. Kempe could not agree more. Imagine having like going into the, the gap and just hearing that you would <laughs> it would be such good it would be such good T V. Yeah. Mm. Do you know Love and it. do you know why for this but one of the reasons why is for this sort of stuff and Patty mm. hits it on this text machine here, F one had to con had and continues to have a veil of secrecy and a mask of mystique. Drive to Survive lifts that veil, which is why I love it so much. People don't understand horse racing. There is so much that goes into horse racing that people will just have no idea about, about what jockeys live through, about the hours trainers do, about how they talk and communicate to their horses. All of that stuff, Kempe, if you could show people that in a Netflix show, how beneficial would that be for the sport? And and the the different caliber of people and the types of people from the Alan Sherricks down in Taranaki to the gay waterhouses in Sydney you know what I mean like the the spectrum is so wide and the stables mm. are so varied and even you would have got got to see it at the Karaka sales earlier this year the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes is phenomenal and it'd be great just honestly it would be great to be a fly on the wall and just get that fly on the wall. <laughs> I reckon that's going to... That has to be done. That has to be done. That is a great one. I don't think you boys would go there. I should have picked it, really. You're, you're tragics, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't have... 
yeah, I didn't think, but man, that'll be a great watch. I absolutely think that should happen, hundred percent. There are so many sports following suit, and everyone's Alan loving Shark it. Alan Sharks spraying everyone, mate. It'd oh, be great. Mate. Everyone will oh. just tune in for that. Is, is the sheep going to spray anyone today? <laughs> <laughs> they, they might. Can you imagine the language, the, the warning? What would it be? R, oh, the be R rating. Yeah. Bleep, bleep, yeah. no, bleep. Nice. Oh, and, and, and the jockeys as well, Louis. I love that because the jockeys put their bodies through for hell, really, to get on those uh, horses and, and make sure they make weight. So it'll be an interesting watch. That was Bill Buxton talking Formula One journalist. He is a drive to survive pundit and he knows all things Formula One. I know Aroha is a Formula One fan and she would have loved that chat with Will Buxton. Uh, we're going to shoot off, we're going to come back and we've got some Ben Stokes audio, some cricket. We'll be talking cricket because that is at the forefront of our minds. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SENZ, March the 1st. It's just after 7 o'clock. Hope you're having a good morning to boot. We are halfway through a big week. And well, I know you'll be all happy and up and about. And I know Cam Waters is happy. He just said cheers for the golf shoes yesterday, boys. Made the bro Scotty cry when I told him. Then we exchanged. Uh, then we exchanged. Love you, bros. Filling my cup with mana. Waitarafano, tahi, tato, kimpi, Cam Waters. So appreciate it, mate. That's the least we could do for your 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 good friend Scotty, who was going through some tough times. There's no better place to get out on the golf course and play some golf with your mates. Love it. Keep those messages coming through, double eight, double three. If you've got any messages for our next guest, let us know. Will Buxton, it is five past seven. In Formula One, you need to be able to adapt. When you need to be aggressive, you need to be aggressive. When you need to be smooth, you need to be smooth. And when I'm in the car, I will never give up. Max Verstappen, how are you feeling about being in the chair? Um, it's quite comfortable, so... Wowee, Max Verstappen, the back-to-back champ. He's back in the drive-to-survive hot seat and he's back on the track this weekend when the new season of the Formula One lights up in Bahrain. Last year, the sport was going through some of the biggest changes in its history as the cars were transformed into something quite different to before. There were the, This year, many of us were wondering one thing, can anyone rein in Mad Max and the Red Bull at the head of the snake? And if they can, who is it? that will come out of the pack to do so because we're not qualified to answer that ourselves. We're going straight to the top. One of the stars of Drive to Survive, long-time motorsport journalist and F1 guru, Will Buxton, joins the show again. G'day, Will. How are you doing, mate? I'm grand. How are you doing? Oh, mate, after hearing that wee little sneak peek of what's to come, I am excited. <laughs> there is so many good things to watch on uh, Netflix at the moment. Drive to Survive will be one of the ones I'll be ripping into you, mate. But this time of the year must be all about the anticipation for you. Only days out from racing proper. I know, man. I know. Honestly, this is my favourite time of the entire season because it's like Christmas. You know, you get all these little boxes that you get to unwrap and <laughs> discover what's in them. And and genuinely, that's what we had. And, you know, we only have three days of preseason testing. And, you know, OK, for a lot of people, it's it's like watching Tiger Woods smack a golf ball down the range for 25 hours. But <laughs> for us in motor racing, it's fascinating because you can't read everything into the headline times. You have to look at the body language of the 
cars on track and the drivers when they get out of the cars in the paddock to really get a feel for who's looking positive, who's not feeling quite so great. And I think after these three days that we've had of testing, we're, we're starting to see a shakeup of, of who's expecting to do well. And I think critically as well, who's expecting to spring a surprise. And I've, I, I've got a really great feeling that we might get a shock podium in, in the opening, Ooh. potentially the opening weekend this weekend. Mm. Hey, well, is there a team that has been testing off the scales that we might not have expected, but look like they can rattle the cage and find themselves up uh, the grid more often than not? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, look, we all know that, that Red Bull are going to be the team to beat, and they look phenomenal in testing. But we normally look to the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes to come and mix it with, with Red Bull. And it's always those three teams that have our focus. But from everything we've seen in preseason testing, from the maths that we've done on the long runs and all of that, Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso, I genuinely think could find themselves on the podium on Sunday. And this is this is crazy. They don't have the out and out fastest car. I don't think they're going to be mixing it up for pole position, maybe not even the front two rows of the grid. But when you look over the race distances that they did in preseason testing, I reckon they've got the legs on Mercedes and Ferrari. And everyone is staring at them right now and thinking, how have they done it? Are they really that good? And if they are, how the hell are we going to catch them? Because they look like they've really turned a corner. Oh, that is good to see when the flying red car is up there on the podium. There is no better sight in Formula One. But for Max Verstappen, you heard him in that little snippet earlier on, he is comfortable. We're returning for racing this season. Be even more settled with no shadow of doubt around the way he's won his driver's championship. He's uh, very confident. Yeah, I'm uh, super confident. Listen, so confident he didn't even take part in the final day of testing, right? He left that to Sergio Perez. He was like, I'm done, right? I got all I need (laughs) to know out of this car. I'm fine. I'm just going to swan around the paddock all day and and literally didn't even touch the car on the final day of testing. Like, like, that's confidence. It's a mic drop before the season's even started. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know. But listen, only one driver in history won his first three world championships in a row, and that was Sebastian Vettel. You know, if Max was to do it this year, he'd be only the second driver ever to do it. It would be something really incredible. Only the the, the very finest few have even won three in a row. We look at, you know, likes of Fangio and Schumacher and, you know, all the greats in the history of the sport that, that have, have managed to achieve it. Senna never did it. Prost never did it. So if Max can win three world championships uh, in a row, it would be something absolutely spectacular. But I think right now he's got the car underneath him, certainly to start the season as the favourite. Yeah, you'll probably do another next uh, Netflix movie, uh, Will, if that happens, with the gets a, gets a, <laughs> the trilogy. Um, what about Mercedes? They figured out these new cars yet, and, and can they actually be a contender? Well, here's the interesting thing, right? So you mentioned in the lead up to this that last year there was this huge regulation change in the sport, mm. where where basically they ripped up everything that had gone before in terms of how the cars were designed to have these very new regulations and at the same time bring in financial restrictions on the teams and also uh, a restriction in the amount of testing they were allowed to do back at base in the wind tunnels and on their computers to try and figure out where they might have gone wrong or where they could improve with the design of the car. So ultimately, if you won the world championship, you have the least amount of time to develop your car. If you're bottom in the world championship, you have the most amount of time to develop your car. So what we saw in preseason testing was the top teams, Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes, with really kind of 
expected developments because that's all they could do given the time. And we saw the lower teams that finished further down the championship taking huge gambles, putting massive developments on their cars and really trying exciting things. And it looks like it's, it's worked out for Aston Martin. For Mercedes, they've had to stick with what was a very complicated car that didn't really work last year because they don't have the time or the resource to just chuck it all in the bin and start again. So they've got to make it work. They're, they're more on top of it than they were last year. Are they on top of it enough to take the fight to Red Bull? Listen, this is why this time of the year is so exciting for me, because we don't know. And we're only going to know this weekend when, you know, they say the uh, when the flag drops, the... Uh, the BS stops, and uh, and so so that's uh, that's what we're all looking forward to. Well, we're all looking forward to this name. Where's Lewis Hamilton at? Because it seems mad to think of him going around participating rather than hunting. Is the hunger still there? Oh yeah. Yes, and if the hunger wasn't there, Lewis would be off doing something else. You know, for as long mm. as Lewis Hamilton's turning up, you know that hunger is there. He's one of the greatest sportsmen in the world. Um, and that motivation, I think, is as strong as it's ever been. You saw it last year, even with a car that wasn't competitive. Lewis took the brunt of the responsibility for developing that car, for getting it through its difficult phase, to get it to a place where his teammate was able to win a Grand Prix. And, and he did all of that work for his teammate to be able to sort of reap those rewards in the latter part of the season. Lewis is committed. You know, he's rejuvenated. He's refreshed. And if there is a car underneath him that's capable of fighting for it, you know he's going to be there and he's going to be pushing Max Verstappen every single lap of the way. And talking about another couple, uh, well, what about uh, Christian and Toto? Are they still at war? Ah, oh, they're busy mates, you know, spend Christmas together. <laughs> Listen, those two, oh. those two are like, they're so similar to each other that they just end up hating each other. You know, it's, it's the, it's the older, they're not that dissimilar, really. You know, they, they were both former racers, you know, they both ended up now as team principals. They both have these huge responsibilities on their shoulders, very different management styles, but I don't think deep down they're really all that all that dissimilar. They just want they just want to win. You know, that's it. That's that's all they live for is is winning and now as you can see beating each other. It makes good TV. That's why people want to go watch Drive to Survive <laughs> to see those two yeah. hot dogs running around at, at war with each other. It's so good to watch. And last year there were so many moving parts to capture. What what's the feedback been from season 5 to Drive to Survive so far? So from what I've heard from Box to Box and the guys that, that make the series, it's doing really, really well. The numbers appear to be great. I think it went in at number four in the U.S., which is the highest um, and the best start it's ever had over, over in the United States. So that's really, really positive. And listen, you know, it's, it's amazing because after four seasons, you might expect it to drop off and people's attention to wane. But from what I'm hearing, it's, it's doing really, really well, which is, is fantastic because I know the amount of work that goes into it from, from the team behind it. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of it. And I just sit down and, and answer some questions, which is weird for me because I'm normally the one asking the questions. So, um, But it's, it's, it's <laughs> lovely, you know, and to be able to bring this sport to an even larger part of, of the global sports fan base is it's such a delight just to have people talking about Formula One again. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's fantastic what it's done for the sport, how it's growing it, getting people of all ages from all nations interested in it and, and really showing 
you know, who these racing drivers are behind the scenes, getting, you know, underneath the the visor, getting inside their, their minds is what it's done is fantastic. And I think also when you look at sports documentaries, you know, you said there's so many things on Netflix now to watch. Mm. You know, there's the tennis documentary. There's the, uh, oh. there's the golf documentary. There's there's so many. And it's really fascinating how now people don't say, oh, we really need a sports documentary. They say we need a drive to survive. It's completely yeah. changed the game in, in, in how we look at at representing a sport and bringing it to the masses. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think you've been the, the benchmark for, for creating this openness from other industries and sports to be able to allow cameras inside their closed doors. You've got full swing. You've got the tennis. You've got the full, uh, quarterbacks over in the NFL that are currently open up. Does that make you proud for, for a Formula One journalist that has been, been a big part of the sport? that you've set the benchmark to allow these other teams to to be open about it. Like, you've changed the game, really. I can't take any responsibility for that. That's all <laughs> on the guys at Box to Box. They're a fantastic, really a fantastic team. And, you know, these are the guys who, if you've, if you've seen the, the Ayrton Senna documentary, the movie that came out a few mm. years ago, yep. and then uh, the one that followed about Amy Winehouse, um, mm. these are the, the guys behind those movies. You know, they know how to tell compelling stories that get people, um, you know, really into the heart and soul of what drives these people and what makes them so special. And I'm just... Honestly, just honoured that they even asked me to come in and answer a few questions and and to be a part of it is is something I never thought that, that I would uh, I'd get to do. So to be a part of this this global phenomenon is, guys, it's crazy. Come on, like it's mad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it is crazy. Well, and you should take some accolade there. Just thought, just quietly that Amy Winehouse um, documentary was fantastic too. That that was put together. Yeah. Uh, we got a, we got a question here from one of our uh, listeners. Uh, well, morning lads, can you please ask? Well, who's the who is the newest driver that is standing out so far? That's from Richie. Uh, out of the rookies who's come in, uh, you know, look, we've got three rookies this season. Uh, we've got Logan Sargent from America, we've got Oscar Piastri uh, from Australia, uh, and we've got Nick DeVries, uh, who made his debut last year for Williams just on a one-off. So this is his first full-time season. I think all three of them are going to have tricky years because they're going to find themselves in teams that are, certainly from what we've seen in preseason testing, maybe the slowest three teams in the sport. Um, so that in a way is a good thing because it alleviates the pressure on them. Um, you know, it doesn't put them straight up at the, at the, at the top and fighting for, for, for podiums and wins. But at the same time, it, you know, we don't get to see a true appreciation of, of how good they are and, and what they can bring. But uh, in terms of their immediate impact, I think Nick DeVries has had a, a, a very big impact at uh, his Alpha Tauri team, which is the Red Bull Junior team, uh, with guys there saying he's already kicking our butts and he's you know telling us we need to change this, we need to change that, we need to do this differently. Like he's come in and he's he's immediately put himself in there as the boss. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how all of them do, and they're great kids, super talented. Mm. So just ex- excited to see what they can do. Yeah, t- uh, youth brings excitement and entertainment. I'm looking forward to watching it unfold later this year, mate. Appreciate it. Just quickly before we let you go, well, what other sports are you into? Everyone just looks at you as the Formula One man, the madman, Will Buxton, Formula One. Are you into <laughs> other things? Uh, I, I, I could tell you that I, I love football, but I support Reading, who aren't very good. So people will tell you I, I know nothing about that. <laughs> and I usually end up bottom of my mates' uh, fantasy Premier League teams and all that. Uh, but um, but I, I love, listen, I love my winter sports. Um, I, I adore my winter sports. Um, so essentially anything that's against a stopwatch, be it on mm. wheels or on snow, 
Uh, I, I absolutely adore that. Um, love a little bit of cricket. Not loving losing by one run, but we won't go into that. Oh, I was just going to bring that up, mate. We're, we're nah, all flying really here this morning. What do you f- we don't have to bring that up. You know? <laughs> what do you feel fine. about that, mate? To, we don't have you to, no, we don't have to do that. No, it's all right. I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. We don't Come have on, to Brenda, Brenda McCullum, he'll be deflated <laughs> today when he arrives in Queensland. I can't wait to rip into him, mate. But uh, we appreciate you, Will Buxton, and just talking pleasure. Formula One, you are... Uh, the, the voice on the show that is Drive to Survive. I look forward to watching it and seeing what unfolds this year, mate. Thank you so much for your time. You take care, Will. You take care too, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, Will Buxton, absolute champion. If you haven't watched Drive to Survive, go and have a binge over the weekend. Watch all the seasons and well, Drive to Survive 5. Is it out now, Louis? It's out now. It is out now. I've I've watched what the first episode and um yep. yeah, it's it's just hilarious. Like the they the access they get and you kind of wonder if the athletes and maybe the team bosses turn it on sometimes for the cameras, but it, who to. cares? It's it is it's like a mix between sports documentary and reality T V and Will, just quietly, isn't he one of the world's best blokes? God he's a nice guy. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he he clearly loves his sport as well. Very nice guy, and like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I've just finished Full Swing, so, and that's what I love now. Like they've they've laid the the foundations now for other sports to follow. So knowing what it's done for the brand, you know, they would have amassed thousand millions of, of Formula One fans just from watching it. My wife turned into Formula One fan. She knew nothing about it. You'd think on the outside looking in, oh yeah, Lewis Hamilton, he looks like a sport brat. But my wife absolutely loved him when she watched the show. So. <laughs> It's great. It's great for, for novices to go along and just start enjoying the sport and get an understanding of how much money's involved, what's going on behind the scenes, and these drivers, what they put their bodies through in their minds. That 300 clicks going into a corner and just driving around it with ease, man, they make it look good. So I, I love it. I hope others... Well, if there's another sport, lads, like all the sports following suits, what, what would, the, would the sport be for a Netflix series? The next one. Horse racing. Yep. Racing out Horse of racing. out of yeah. Kempe could not agree more. Imagine having like going into the, the gap and just hearing that you would <laughs> it would be such good it would be such good T V. Yeah. Mm. Do you Love know and it. do you know why for this but one of the reasons why is for this sort of stuff and Patty mm. hits it on this text machine here, if one had to con had and continues to have a veil of secrecy and a mask of mystique, Drive to Survive lifts that veil, which is why I love it so much. People don't understand horse racing. There is so much that goes into horse racing that people will just have no idea about, about what jockeys live through, about the hours trainers do, about how they talk and communicate to their horses, all of that stuff, Kempe. If you could show people that in a Netflix show, how beneficial would that be for the sport? And and the the different... Caliber of people and the types of people from the Alan Sherricks down in Taranaki to the Gay Waterhouses in Sydney. You know what I mean? Like the the spectrum is so wide and the stables mm. are so varied. And even you would have got to, got to see it at the Karaka Sales earlier this year. The amount of work that goes in behind the scenes is phenomenal, and it'd be great. Just honestly, it would be great to be a fly on the wall. And just get that fly on the wall. <laughs> I reckon that's going to – that has to be done. That has to be done. That is a great one. I don't think you boys would be going there. I should have picked it, really, your, your tragics, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't have 
Yeah, I didn't think, but man, that'll be a great watch. I absolutely think that should happen, hundred percent. There are so many sports following suit, and everyone's Alan loving Sharks it. Spraying everyone, mate, it'd oh, be mate. great. Everyone oh, will just tune in for that. Is <laughs> is the sheep going to spray anyone today? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the language, the, the warning? What would it be? R, oh, the be R rating. Yeah. Bleak, yeah. bleak, no, bleak. Great. Nice. Oh, and, and, the, and the jockeys as well, Louis. I love that because the jockeys put their bodies through for hell, really, to get on those uh, horses and, and make sure they make weight. So it'll be an interesting watch. That was Bill Buxton talking Formula One. Journalist says a drive to survive pundit, and he knows all things Formula One. I know Aroha is a Formula One fan, and she would have loved that chat with Will Buxton. Uh, we're going to shoot off. We're going to come back, and we've got some Ben Stokes audio, some cricket. We'll be talking cricket because that is at the forefront of our minds. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. It's 27 past 7 here on March the 1st. We're Wednesday. We're halfway through the week and we're talking all things sport. And it's hard to shy away from this. Let's listen to Ben Stokes. Um, look, back at that test match, even in our dressing room, being on the losing side and just, you know, be quite thankful that you've that you've been involved in a game like that because test matches like that don't happen that often and don't come around that often either. So, um, yeah, I think just even looking at, you know, watching Jimmy and Leachy walk off there, I think they appreciated that in the moment as well. Um, it's not too often you see Jimmy Anderson smiling on the cricket pitch anyway, but, you know, being the man getting out with two to win and you just see him just with, I don't know, the fact that he was out there and just enjoyed the whole thing and even though we're on the losing side of it, um, just a great game to be a part of. It's just important to not make that sound like we're not bothered about losing. Um, we we obviously are very disappointed that we've lost the game. You know, um, if I was to come out and say I'm not bothered that we've lost, then it wouldn't obviously sound good. Um, we'd much rather be on the, and you know in the New Zealand situation where they're 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 happy with the win. Um, we're disappointed we've lost, obviously, but um, you know we've we always play our cricket, giving ourselves the best opportunity to win. Um, and whenever an opportunity presents itself to me or or anything like that, any individual in there, then we'll always take the, the most positive option and and not not try to worry about what if the other team does this. Um, and that was, I guess, the case with that. You know, people might not have thought that um, enforcing the following was the right call because what if New Zealand did what they did? But you know, can't live your life or, or captain an international cricket team living by hindsight. Ben Stokes, gracious in defeat. Very, very good from him. And there'll be a lot of questions regarding that that follow-on, whether it was the right decision. In that time, it was 100% the right decision, I feel. You had a team under pressure, and you had them, you know, their confidence at an all-time low. You continue to batter it down, but in, on the other side, you've got bowlers that are ageing, they're withering, and they're tiring. So, look, there'll be a lot of debate through this in regards to that test match, whether the follow-on was the right decision. Well, history says it is the right decision, because that was the only fourth time a team has won after being forced to follow on. So, look, other side, flip side, Kiwis, the Black Caps, they fought and they got the results. So I love that gracious in-defeat from Ben Stokes in regards to that performance. They're losing by one run, and Jimmy Anderson doesn't smile at all. He was a part of an absolute doozy of a test match. So love it. Coming up, we've got some headlines with Louie, and we'll get some more reaction to that Black Caps performance. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
28 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Ken Artai is making your job easy. KenArts.co.nz. Talk to someone that's taken the Ken Oath. Well, Neil Wagner took the Ken Oath without a shadow of a doubt. And when his back was against the wall, he delivered in spades with an incredible performance, including splitting up that route and Ben Stokes' partnership. I always went back to what Wags' best, biggest strength is and, um, and he bought into it, he trusted it even though it hadn't, hadn't probably come off as well as he would have liked in the series but it just shows you that we trusted his, his best method and, and he was able to come in and change the game in this last, last session like he has done for, for a long period of time by doing that so um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an unusual tactic um, that that's, you see a little bit more of nowadays but it's something that Neil's done for a long period of time and for him to come in and and change the game there um, when it looked uh, like uh, Ben and, and Joe had sort of almost taken it away from us was um, was a massive part of this game and it just shows you the ticker that, that Neil's got. Oh, to be a fly on the wall in that limo on the way up Mount Victoria. We have to ask Matt Henry about that after 8 o'clock. I wonder if they're still doing it, heading up Mount Vic with a couple of bottles of uh, the nice stuff. We will find out. Raphael Dahl's withdrawn from the Masters 1000 event next week in Indian Wells. Yes, it's such a popular tournament. He's injured. So uh, he's out for six to eight weeks with a hip injury, which is not good for the tournament. He is obviously one of the biggest draw cards in the sport, Rafael Nadal, on the sidelines for up to two months there. And as we mentioned, uh, the Warriors have named their first team of the year, taking on Newcastle in Wellington in the Kempi Bowl this weekend. So looking forward to seeing (laughs) the Warriors back out there. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the NRL season. It's just around the corner there, Kippy. You must be excited. You've been waiting all year for this moment. Oh, of course. The best best week best, best week of the league season. It's it's kicking off. You know, big news big news come coming out this week is Turbo's back. Um mm. Tommy Trebojevic is back playing and Manly looking all right. And they've looked, watched their last trial. They turned it up. Turned it up big time and could be the surprise packet. This year, I'm still picking only if Turbo stays on the football field. But I think one of the best footballers, he's definitely top three in the competition to be back. Um, is fantastic. Looking at my list. Ah, leave Manly alone. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll give give you Manly. I'll give you Manly. How's that? That might help you. Oh, you're nice, Kempi. Yeah, what's been? What's wrong with you? You right? Look, honestly, yeah, I've got a list collated here in front of me and just remember, listen closely, Izzy and Kempe's NRL draft is starting this morning at 8.40. Send us a text on double eight double three with your name and the code word either Izzy or Kempe, depending on whose team you want to be on in Izzy and Kempe's head-to-head NRL draft. Izzy and Kempe will have the first two picks and then we'll choose 14 of you to draft one NRL team each for your side and go head-to-head with the other seven. Plus, either Daggy or Kempe. The scoring system is simple. Whoever side finishes with the most regular season points in total, the winning side will win prizes. Come on, my side. We'll be on the hunt for something <laughs> very tasty to reward you with. But as a bonus, to get us started today, everyone that Texas to be involved goes, goes in the draw to win a pair of the all-new ZG23 Ranger golf shoes from Adidas, which are available on Friday. Text double eight double three right now with your name and either Izzy or Kempe, and we'll pick 14 of you to be involved at 8.40 this morning. You know Kempe's pick. Well, you know my pick. But as soon as he said Manly, I said, don't do that to me, Kempe. But anyway, you know what to do. 
It's been quite of a mixed response. Actually, I've seen a few Kempies. Obviously, they've jumped on the Kempy bandwagon, the Oracle chosen one. But there's been a <laughs> hell of a lot of sport for Izzy too. Yeah, hey? well, they got to keep you up there. Just, uh, just on a, just a little shout out to you too. Been watching you, you know, practicing your little putting in the background. There, just drop your front shoulder a little bit. Just drop your front <laughs> shoulder a little bit. And, and, and suck that button, mate. Suck that button. You're looking a little bit slouchy. Might get a little bit closer oh. to the hole. It's it's all about getting your eyes over the ball so you can see the putt line, Kimpy. Have you ever played golf? Just try it. Just try it and tell me. You'll probably sink a few today. <laughs> I love that. Let's Kimpy's, be honest. Kimpy's advice for golf is drop your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> drop your shoulder, mate. It's not an aggressive sport. I said, I said if I, the 18th hole, they've got a stadium around it down here and there'll be many pundits having a good old time. I said if I birdie it, I'm going to grab that flag and I'm going to ride it like a horse around the green and I'm going to erupt straight up. I don't care if I don't get invited back. I'm going to do it and it's going to be a hell of it. But if I hit it in the water, you won't see me on the green. I'm just going to pick up my bags and walk off to the right so you don't have to front. Because I did it last time, Kim, but I hit it in the water and boo, boo, when you're walking up. It's like, oh, absolute shanks. Go do a manu. Go do a manu in the pond. Oh, it's not that deep, Kempi. Come on, mate. You talk about butts. Well, that butt would empty that lake. Poor fish. Anyway, <laughs> love it. Remember, keep those messages coming through. Oh, they are flying through, and there's here plenty of Izzy's. I love it. Thank you for your support. Bevan Sweeney, talking racing, coming up. Yes, we're 17 away from eight, and after eight, we're going to catch up with a, wow, a sore but chipper. Matt Henry after that performance yesterday, winning the final test there at the Basin Reserve. But right now it's t time to talk the great game of racing, Kempe. Yeah, what a treat today is because we have Group 2 racing on a Wednesday with the running of the Little Avondale Lowland Stakes for the three old fillies at Awapuni. The Derby, it's fast approaching this week. And remember, we have the Barry announcement live at Smithy after 11 today. And that means the Oaks can't be far away either which makes today's race all too crucial for that outlook of that classic. Bevan Sweeney is Central Districts Racing. You can see his great work on trackside later on today. Morning, Sweeney. How are you this morning? Very good, uh, boys. Uh, a very good morning to you. Yeah, looking forward to the Lowland, which, of course, leads into the Oaks. And yeah, you mentioned the Derby Saturday. Can't wait uh, for Sharp and Smart to show his wares. But, yeah, the track's come up OK this morning on the soft, uh, soft five condition, which is probably a bit deceiving. It'll be a nice track this afternoon and a very even a lot of three-year-old fillies go to the post. Sweens, talk to us a little bit about the Lowland Stakes and why this race is so good and why we love it. Well, it's the traditional lead-up to the Oaks. Uh, Kempe, it's been in play for a long, long period of time. Different this year with what happened in the Bay. Of course, they run it at Awapuni, but we're seeing some wonderful, wonderful fillies come out of this particular race. Uh, Jennifer uh, Eccles, in recent times, she went from this down to the Derby and she was dominant uh, in that particular event. So it's the traditional lead-up. has changed a little bit recently with the lead-up in the north, but, uh, look, most of the winners, I'd say 90% of the winners that win the Oaks come out of the Lowlands, so it's the one to keep your eye on. What have you got? What have you got for today for the Lowlands? <laughs> There's a good field, good card. Uh, who's your money going towards here, Sweden? Well, Izzy, it is pretty even this year. Uh, it's probably a Lowland that doesn't have a standout in it. Uh, I'm going to be pumping for a seedy horse in Penny Wicker. Uh, trained by Jimmy Wallace. He's a legend, Jimmy. He's had some wonderful horses like Sent Home. He knows how to get the right one across the line. And 
just like the source's preparation into today. It was a lovely performance last start when running uh, second behind Mezzolino. I think it's at the right spot to be winning. The only niggle with that horse is whether it'll handle the uh, firm track conditions or better track conditions today. But I'm, I'm willing to trust in Jimmy Wallace. Uh, family ties for Tiakau, they're dominant in a lot of these races and this horse was very good uh, winning the Oaks Prelude at New Plymouth. Little Pop who's got Opie Boston aboard, there's some pretty positive factors uh, in that sort of theme. Uh, she was really good at uh, New Plymouth and expecting her to run a race. And the other one is Sky Dancing. Now there's a lot of talk about this particular horse. It was unlucky in behind Family Ties last time. It's at $9 lads and Maybe it's a one-hit wonder at Trentham on the big open track there because it's a big filly who's got a bit of scope about her. She's got clear air today. I could see her being right in the mix. But if I can label one, it would be Penny Wicker at a little bit of H-Way Valley. Mm. Oh, Apuni, um Sweens, it's been a while since I've been back there. What do punters need to know about the course and, and um, that part of the world? Well, last time we were there, I thought the track raced really, really well. They'd had some issues, uh, Kempe, with the, the state of their track condition. Uh, but that seems to have come right. We've had uh, a few days of drying. The, the one issue there, they run the long corner, then they can make ground from back. If they run the short corner, then they can have a little bit of trouble getting uh, into it. So just watch early on in the program and how they're making ground today. Uh, Sky Dance is one of those sort of horses in uh, the lowland that if uh, they're making ground from back, you can probably be a little bit more confident. But it's a nice course, uh, Kempe, and they've put the artificial on there. They've spent a bit of money uh, on the true uh, course. So hopefully everything's 100% there this afternoon. And look, the track conditions should improve throughout the day because I can tell you in this part of the world, it is a stunner. I, I don't know if you're driving an Aston Martin there, Sweens, but you are the the mailman, <laughs> the mailman when it comes to the central districts. And I've got a very important question around We Will Rock and She's a Catch in race three. I was pretty keen on We Will Rock, fresh with those trials. Uh, I, I, rate, I rate the horse. I think he's going to go on and, and be a proper open-class horse. She's a Catch, taking mm. money with... Opie Bosson, same colours, same barn. Am I on the wrong horse, or what can you tell me? Oh, it's a niggle. It's such a niggle, mate. <laughs> um, I put a text into Guy Larry, haven't had a reply. I'm with die, you, die. put up on the website. <laughs> we, we Will Rock was uh, my best bet on the programme. Then you see the money coming for She's a Catch. So, yeah, it's, oh, I'm with you. This horse is very, very talented. Uh, we Will Rock, but when the money comes for the other one, you just got to sort of wonder whether he's really there to win today and whether there's a, a target further afield. But, look, he's had a really good troll coming in where he beat Tom Sicking, who went down and won in the South Island with uh, a caravan on his back. So, look, he can't be going uh, overly poorly. So, look, I'd, look, I'll be back and we will rock. She's a cat. She's broken my heart too many times, to be honest. I've been yeah. on, on, beaten, beaten. So, look, I'll, I'll go with we will rock. But I think it's a couple of nice bets there, Leah. Uh, you've mentioned one on the program this morning, Colorado Silver. Put him away in a couple of big hops at Talhut and Nikio, and I think a really big chance uh, on the program. And there's another one for Tiakio that I'm interested in. Fukatero in race number five. This will smash them at uh, Taupo. Missed second up, being put aside. They were running the Cobb Grace Colours. Uh, I see there's money for that as well. So I'm with you on Colorado Silver. It's a really good bet on the day.
Oh, beautiful. The worst thing about this. Oh, look, I need to get back in the game swing, so I've just gone a three-leg place bet multi just to get back on the horse, as they say. And someone that needs to get back on the horse, a couple of my friends have got shares in On The Bubbles. Obviously, a few years ago, won the millions. It's been poor as of late. Look, what do you put that down to, mate? Have you got any any liquid on On The Bubbles? Well, I love On The Bubbles because uh, my jockey, who I managed in those days, Jonathan Parks, won on him, so he's one of my favourite mm. horses. I don't, I'm not close enough to the stable and what's going on and behind the scenes to uh, actually know it. whether he's breathing properly. I probably think is the issue uh, this preparation. But you've got Mark, the Opie boss, on the board. But he was unlucky behind Raffle, and Raffle's a smart horse, so maybe they've sorted all those issues out for him. He's drawn well. Look, if he was to turn up, he'd be really, really. In fact, he'd win. Uh, Belkey's a really nice horse to two uh, with a couple of black type wins. But if he was to turn up, he's a big, strong horse by Brazen Bow who likes to dominate them. Maybe it's today with Opie aboard. Uh, he was better with Opie aboard last time. He's quality. I, I really love the horse, but yeah, you know, he just you know, he's got a niggle in my mind just about how he's going, as probably everyone does. You know, if anyone's going to wake him up, Sweens, it'll be Opie today. So let's keep yeah. a look on. <laughs> let's keep a look on that one. Hey, just before we let you go, you're a mad CD man, and you know that's where all the best people come from. You must have a little story oh, from us about why they're so good. Before you go, <laughs> I think because we're so spread out and. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of farming stock that are involved in the central district. They work with horses, maybe as youngsters, you know, the the ponies and the show jumping, and they move on through into training horses. I mean, you're close to Al Sherrick, who was had such great grounding from his father, and just the community of horse people up there. Sort of, I think they become great horse people because they work with them from a very young age, and they just coming through into training. You look at John O'Benner, he's another one that was with the, the you know the pony clubs and working with young horses, and he's come through to be a good trainer. Robbie Patterson, similar. They're all grassroots people. I love them, uh, Kempe, as you do. Uh, you know, they're down-to-earth people in the central district, so you just love the animal, and that's the key to, uh, I think, being a, a wonderful trainer. So uh, pretty close to my heart, the central district's people. Uh, I love them, and, uh, yeah. There's plenty of parties that go on behind the scenes as well, the grassroots people, <laughs> Kempe, as you know. And, look, I was at the races on uh, Saturday at Meta Meta, and, and I'm just recovering now. I reckon I'm coming right on Wednesday. <laughs> Well, we'll have <laughs> Swedes. We'll have plenty more of those to get through too. Don't you worry. Thanks for joining us this morning on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. You go well. I know our, our punters out there would love those tips that you're throwing out. Uh, look forward to listening to you on Trackside later on today. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Swedes. Lovely, lovely boys. Have a good day. There you go, Bevan yeah. Sweeney joining us is and uh, good oil. Talk about good oil. He's always got the oil. Oh, he's always got the oil. What was that horse that he he said race five? Pookie Tool. And Cam from Cambridge has tipped it out of the text line. Your man, Cam. Pretty good. Oh, he has. Pookie Let's get on. Lash goal, Cam from Cambridge. So there you go. (laughs) Another one. $3.20. Had a win. It's got Opie on top. So draw number two. There you go. I'll just write that one down. I like that. Yep. Cheers for that. Awesome. And on the bubbles, yeah, a couple of my mates, obviously, and on that one, it's yeah, just been disappointing of late. Might be some underlying factors why it hasn't been able to kick on. But Opie on top will give it a lot of confidence. We've got plenty of messages coming. So keep them coming through. I've seen a few Kempies as of late. Remember, you could put Izzy in the areas as well because <laughs> I'm due one. I am due one. We'll be back soon.
Welcome back after eight. We're going to be talking to Matt Henry as part of that Black Caps team that beat England in the final test at Basin Reserve. So if you've got any questions for Matt Henry, double eight, double three. Chris has sent one through. Love the cricket yesterday. So amazing. And hey, I'm wanting to bet on the golf, but can't see an option. When will this be available? Cheers, Chris. I will have to catch up with Paulie Moari and get an update whether you can have a wee dabble. Oh, there's be a couple of names here, a couple of Aussies that have come over. Stephen Alk will be one of the ones for a Kiwi to have a fair chance. And outside, I reckon Josh Geary. Josh Geary, he's a champ. He's come second place a couple of times, so he might be an option as well. But there'll be plenty there. Denzel Aramia as well. So there you go, Louis. Did you see that um, Steve Elker did a, a piece with Guy Havelt on One News and Havelt said to him, what do you rate your chances, uh, Steve? 51. And Steve looked at him and was like, I'm paying 51s. I'll have a piece of that. <laughs> exactly what I just thought too. <laughs> 51, cheeky bugger. Oh, mate, he's got a genuine. He's, he's got to be favourite. He's going to be paying two yeah, bucks. Yeah, he'll be up there. He'll be out there. Like, Millbrook's actually, you can actually stay in the game. you just got to get in the fairways. That's only my problem. The rough's not too bad compared to previous years. It's uh, They cut it a while back, and they've had no rain down here, so it hasn't been able to grow as long as they wanted. But uh, Steve Alka will be a genuine chance. We want a Kiwi to win it, boys. It's been a while since a Kiwi has lifted that trophy. It's been dominated by Aussies. There's a 78 split. So you've got 78 Kiwis and you've got 78 international players that are a part of this competition. So it's so good. Matt Henry coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are building and shaping New Zealand. Welcome back, Kizzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. It's just after 8 o'clock. I hope you're having a good morning so far. Remember, keep those messages coming through. Who, Whose draft team do you want to be on? Izzy or Kempi? Leave your name. You know. Whose t- side do you want to be on? Because at 8.40, we're going to do the NRL draft. And, well, the barest of margins. We'll go through the winning uh, the points throughout the season. And the winning team will win a prize. But if you even mess it through, you'll go in the draw to win some brand spanking new golf shoes from Adidas, the ZG23. In fact, I'll get my first look at them later on today. And I'm going to go hustle down Steve Alka and get his signature on them to raise some money for the Cyclone. Hey, boys, played with Stephen Alka in the program last week at Jack's Point. He didn't hit a bad ball all day. Missed a few putts, but had never played the course before. And a lot of Jack's holes, you're hitting blind off the tee. An amazing experience. I was terrible. That is from Ryan. Jack's point, very, very hard course. The greens are usually very tough. They roll pure, and you need to just hit it into the right areas of the green. Well, I just hope to hit it anywhere near that green. So thank you for that message, Stephen Alka. Be one of the favourites heading into that tournament. It's time now to talk cricket. Yesterday we witnessed a match made in heaven throughout the previous four days. The Black Caps looked destined to suffer another defeat against England. Then came Wags, Southey and Henry to put on a bowling display that lifted us out of despair into a feeling of uncontrollable ecstasy. Disappointment for England. 
Oh, Macca, Craig McMillan's been waiting for that moment. Yes, just for the fourth time in history, a team asked to follow on, managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. The one-run win is also only the second recorded in Test match history. One of the stars of the show, a natted but no doubt proud Matt Henry, is on the line with us this morning to reflect on that miraculous win. Morning, Matt. How you doing? Morning, guys. Very well, thanks. Oh, I'm just trying to weigh it up here because you recently become a dad and I'm thinking, wow, he'll be up nice and early, but is it a dusty early morning start? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an exciting morning start. Um, but yeah, no, to, to wake up after yesterday, uh, no, it's still, still pinch yourself. Mate, one of the performances that will go down in history, fourth team ever to come back from a follow-on and, and produce a win, mate. How, how's the feeling being in camp? What was last night like, mate? Yeah, mate, it was um, yeah pretty special. I think um, this group was kind of we, we believed obviously we could get it done, and we knew that it was going to have to be a, a, a strong start in the morning. Um, and then I think that just the ebbs and flows of the, the game itself to kind of showed all on day five as well. Then Joe Root and Ben Stokes kind of came together and um, I, I suppose we, we still had to dig deep and just hope that we could get that breakthrough. And then obviously Wags was just um, brilliant um, to, to crack it, to crack an end open like he did. And then we could all kind of just pounce on that. It was um, Yeah, no, it makes it pretty special. Yeah, the anticipation, Matt, was, oh, mate, watching it was really exciting. Um, it started off well for you guys, day five, having 80 for five, but Ben Stokes and Joe Root showed some res- uh, resistance. What was the conversation amongst the team to break that partnership? I think we just knew that we, that we, we had to just keep making sure, because runs were still important, that we were, we were kind of still just being patient, trying to actually create some pressure, because we knew we were only one wicket away Um for something funny to happen as well. I mean, on day five like that, it doesn't really, even if there's not many runs on the board, pressure and, and, and for us to be able to just, I suppose, attack um, was, was always in the back of our minds. So we just knew that we just had to stay in it and, and take it as deep as we could to then put some pressure on. And um, I mean, the way it unfolded, it was where with those two quick wickets, we could really strike from there. And um, nah, it was just, yeah, unbelievable. Heading to the final day, you thought, okay, the pitch will break up. You know, Michael Bracewell is going to have to bowl for long periods of time. Someone else is going to have to come in and, and forge a wee partnership there with Bracewell. But the seamers, mate, they got they got the, the treats and the chocolates in the end. They put the whole lot of pressure. Were you expecting that, the seamers, to have so much success in the final day? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we did. Um, that, it was a really good base and wicket. And with so much, um, I suppose, moisture around the first couple of days, um, we knew that there could be potentially just a little bit of that up and down towards the end. So just trying to get a little bit of extra bounce and a couple kind of pop through. So I think from our point of view, we always kind of thought we were going to be a threat. The the key was of how do we actually get, do that for long enough to create that pressure and, and obviously going a bit different. We've got Tommy Blum, who I thought was unreal, um, keeping up to the stumps all day. and oh, so good. I mean, that kept, kept them in the crease and um, just apply pressure, in a, in a, I suppose, in a different way. Hey, Matt, congratulations uh, to you and your partner, Holly, too, welcoming your daughter into the world during the first test. But how how good a feeling was it for you to be able to go back in there and bolster our, our uh, bowling lineup? Yeah, oh, mate, it's been obviously an amazing couple of weeks for me, really. Um, <laughs> to be able to obviously have my, my first first child and um, Annabelle and, and then come join play test cricket, it doesn't get much better than that. And then to top it off, to have a one-run run, 
one run win. So, um, yeah, no, mate, it, it's, it's been awesome, eh? And, and to, to kind of come back into the group, being involved for a long time now, and um, I was was really looking forward to actually um, having an impact, and, and it was good to be able to get out there and, and get the job done. Mate, five days, five sleep-ins, mate. That's what you'll be loving to be in camp. You get a little bit of a rest and you can shy away from changing those nappies, mate. you got a long three years ahead of you, Matt, so don't get too comfortable, <laughs> brother. But just quickly, we're going to talk about... Yeah, we're going to talk about the the kind of relationship between England and, and, and the Black Cats. We've seen footage of the two sides kicking a football around together after the result. It seems like there's a real sense of respect there. How was it talking to Baz and the rest of the England guys afterwards? Yeah, I, I mean, we play a lot of cricket with um, with England now, and, and especially with, I suppose, franchise cricket and and county cricket as well. You spend a lot of time in the dressing room with a lot of the guys. So um, over the years, we've obviously a lot of friendships there, and and then obviously with the, the New Zealand ties we have as well, it's always good to suppose it's, it's always a real fight and battle out there, and we've had some some great games over the last few years. Um, so very competitive, but when you come off the field, it's always good to. I suppose catch up and um, yeah, and, and it's, yeah, it's good. Mate, well, you've been through some some tough times as as a test team. You know, you've you've had your, your disappointments over the last time, but your biggest learnings come from from winning and, and going through those tough times as well. What are the biggest takeaways from this series that you you'll take away as a team that you can look to the future and go, oh, I could build some confidence from that. Yeah, I, I think for us, I think we we had that belief that. We knew that what we had to do was, was good enough and, and I think regardless of the outcome actually just knowing that we were just incredibly getting a little bit better each day and I think it showed in this match here getting a force to follow on that was a really tough period of bowling that Tom and Dev got through but for them to trust their game and probably still bowl with friendly conditions at that point um, I suppose just shows the class that um, we do have in this team and that we just keep itching forward in the right direction and, and the results will come our way, especially, I think, the style that we play and in terms of that not giving up and that fighting nature of playing as Kiwis like we, like we we talk about, I think that holds us in good stead. So as, as long as we just keep growing, and I think this test match, I suppose, just highlighted all of those things. Where you're never out of the match and if you keep fighting, you never know what, what can really happen. And um, yeah, and I suppose to take a game from day five like that, I think um, it spills a lot of belief that we're, we're doing the right thing. I think a lot of sports will be creating their own hype reel on that, Matt, because you were down and out. You've been knocked out in the last round of, of a boxing match. You got up off the canvas and um, took that one and knocked the knocked the palms out. you got Sri Lanka up next, getting underway a week from mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, how do you think about that? And have you guys learnt anything that you'll take into that series? Yeah, I mean, um, once again, we'll go we'll go back down to Christchurch. It's a familiar ground for us, and and, and mm. I, I think we'll be looking forward to, to rejoining. And just like I talked about then, just just keep itching forward and in, in our style of play, and keep trusting our game plans, and just keep moving forward. I suppose in that direction, and I think um, that, that will hold us in good stead. So it'll, it'll be a good series, and I'm looking forward to playing Sri Lanka. I think they arrived uh, yesterday or the day before, so um, it'll be a good contest, and, and something that we'll definitely be up for. Well, mate, you go, you go relax, and you go put your feet up because uh, we don't want you to go hurt that back, mate. What's what's we update? Where's your back at? You you right? You all good? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> just went into a bit of a spasm, which wasn't ideal. Um, but uh, yeah, walking a bit funny today, but hopefully a couple of days that'll settle down.
Have you got any, hey, no. Matt, just before you, quickly before you go, have you got any tips for us? He's got f- four days of golf coming up and he's obviously got to have a few back <laughs> spasms of his own, mate. Have you got a couple of tips? A <laughs> couple of tips. Stay loose, mate. Stay loose. <laughs> oh, he's simply yeah. that. Don't sit down for too long. <laughs> yeah, stay lo- I actually had a hit with, with Matt when he was down here at, at Millbrook a few while back, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll go around and we'll have a wee haggle. Plenty of golf coming up for you, mate. No, actually, you won't. You'll be at home with, with wee Annabelle. So, hey, all the best, mate. Thanks so much. And well done on yesterday's performance. Like, honestly, everyone was writing you off. And I'll have to be completely honest. I thought, mate, this will be over by lunchtime or just after. But you proved me wrong and you proved plenty <laughs> wrong. And uh, we, we appreciate it, mate. Honestly, outstanding result. Well done to you and the team. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. There he is, Matt Henry. Had to. Just phenomenal. And it's just great. But he's a big part of that team now. No, with Trent Bolt's absence, we need that back spasm just to... I was actually going to say, mate, I've got a massive here. I'll get you there, mate. Give the old back a rub and loosen up because we need you. We need you. He's so <laughs> important for that team. He is. He was um, oh, same, same level too, you know, like coming off the big, probably the biggest, well, people are saying the biggest test win um, for the Black Caps ever and just so level... In the way that he's communicating and speaking, that I just think you know, like he's he's nailed that one as he right at the end when he said, you know, you just there's so much fight in us, and we knew that if we kept on fighting, that we had a we always had a chance, and well, we saw that yesterday. We'd all written them off in the morning, and by what time was it? Four o'clock in the afternoon. There, we were eating our hat. So, um, mm. yep, at your own, like I keep saying, at your own peril, right? The Kiwi off's a bad thing. The vibe down here was absolutely electric, eh? When that result happened, I was watching on um, on Flem's phone, and then it happened. They looked around, everyone's jumping up and down, and just couldn't quite believe what had happened, and and got the win in the end. And now everyone's looking forward to spraying bears when he arrives. So I'll get the camera out, <laughs> get the phone out, boys, and I'll get a wee interview for you just to just to get you get you going, eh? We got to hear from bears because the best thing about yeah. New Zealand cricket, win or lose, they front. Yeah, Baz left left me on scene, so uh, probably not surprising. Um, but yeah, we had to try. We had to try. So we'll hopefully catch up with Baz I'll try sometime today. soon. Yeah, nice, is he? Mm. See if you can just get a little voice memo that we can play back. I just it it does. You know, we're not fair with the supporters. We love this team, and just because they got this win doesn't change the the context around New Zealand cricket and this probably changing of the guard they're going through. Like, two things can be true at the same time, right? But it does, it is kind of a like a cold fish in the face as a reminder that this is a champion team. This is These guys are world test champions. This is our best ever Black Caps team with still the core of Kane Williamson, Tim Southey, Matt Henry, Tom Blundell, adding in uh, Devin Conway. Tom Latham, there is still the nucleus of our greatest test team ever. So we mm. probably did reach a little too soon to say that maybe they were over the hill and you just have to trust that class is permanent. I mean, there will be a time mm. where the transition comes, but maybe we did go a little bit early. We've got class. We've definitely got Kane Williamson. I think Devin Conway is absolute class. But uh, I think we're still we're still missing that, that three or four batsmen to, to come in, like a Ross Taylor. So I think there's still Henry Nichols something under pressure, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's hundred percent under pressure. Yep, and even Will Young had an opportunity. He he misfired. So look, we're still looking, but I love it, mate. Look, the backs against the wall. Kiwis always fight to the very end. I love that little analogy from yourself there, Kempi. The knockout punch in the in the final round to get back off of the canvas and stay in the fight. 
it's never over till it's over. So it takes a wee bit of pressure off off the, the players that were under the microscope there, Louis and Kempe. I think um, Neil Wagner has, has silenced a few doubters for now. Gary Stead will still have his few doubters whether he's the right man to, to take them forward. But this will take a lot of the pressure off them for sure. So love that little catch-up with Matt Henry. He is back and he is flying. He's got a wee little bit of a tweak back. Hopefully nothing too serious because we know how important he is to that Black Caps outfit. Um, coming up, we're going to catch up with Paulie Moati. So we'll get a wee update to see if anyone wants to have a little dabble on the New Zealand golf odds. We've got NRL, we got racing, so we've got plenty to talk about. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. We have Matt Henry on the show. If you've missed that and you've just joined us, that's okay. You can head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCN app and you can get Matt Henry's conversations catch up with us. Earlier on, we had Will Buxton, the Formula One journalist. He's on the drive to survive as well. If you've missed anything, get up to date with Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We're going to chat to Paulie Mowati now. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie Mowati, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks, Izzy. How are you, boys? Oh, you'll be a bit chipper today, mate. What about that game yesterday? Performance for the ages. How good? Oh, sensational. Um, yeah, and that market was just all over the place um, <laughs> over that final sort of hour. I think you could have backed both teams at some fairly juicy odds during that final hour. I think... Um, I think with about with England needing around ten or so runs, I think New Zealand were about nine dollars or so. Um, and, wow. and so, if you did jump on then, um, you've you've come away with a nice little collect. But you could have probably jumped on both teams at different times during the uh, final day uh, and, and made a little tidy little profit for yourselves. So, yeah, it was an exciting Test match. Um, Mm. Even though England lost, I love the way that Baz approaches um, sport and, and approaches life, and he just he, he has a go, and he enables the guys in his team to uh, ha- express themselves and have a go. So even though they lost, congratulations to the Black Caps, and congratulations to the punters who jumped on at around nine dollars with about half an hour to go. Oh. So. Well, send me some of that luck. If you got on that, well done. That is outstanding, wee pun. Hey, we had a text early on the show uh, regarding the New Zealand Open. Can can people have a punt on the Open? On the New Zealand Open? Yeah, yeah, New Zealand we, Golf Open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I think the bookies are, are working on that as we speak, um, and they will hopefully have those odds out later on today. But um, I'll double-check for that, and I'll I'll let staff know this afternoon uh, just when those odds will be available. Uh, right now, Beautiful. I thought we'd have a look at yep. the Lowland Stakes, which is on today at mm. Awapuni. Uh, and yesterday, Penny Wicker was the best back, and she's still the best back. Um, but uh, we've had some overnight money on the favourite, Family Ties, which is now paying $3.30. But if you like a little bit of a a double-digit action, a little bit of specking going on, a wee bit further down the market, uh, the daughter of contributor out of the Peter Didham stable, number 13, SA, $31 into 14. We've taken a little bit of action on... Uh, SA, and now into $14. So if you like a, a wee bit of a roughie, 
there has been some uh, action on the 13 in the lowland states. And I've also had a look at that New Zealand Derby futures market. And I can tell you, just a tick under 50% of the turnover in that futures winner market for the New Zealand Derby, no surprises, is on Sharp and Smart, who is currently $1.75 in that futures market. Of course, we've got uh, the draw coming out uh, later this afternoon, uh, and the final field will be out not long after that. You could have got Sharp and Smart at $6.00. Uh, in that futures market, if you were uh, quick enough. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, everyone on, and you can understand why, uh, boy, looks very, very, very good. After Sharp and Smart, uh, the best back, well, before she got scratched, the best backs was uh, Prowess. Uh, but the second best back uh, after Sharp and Smart, sorry, is Dynastic and then Cruise Missile. Uh, who is currently $26 cruise missile in their futures market. But yep, the final field market for the Derby will be out, uh, I believe, later on this afternoon. Anchor, anchor. I'll tell you what, I'll be happy if Eshe wins the um, the Lowland Stakes today because I've got a little contributor uh, contributor filly that's ready to run. So uh, it'll stock her prices up poorly. You've got the NRL kicking off tomorrow, Parramatta playing Melbourne. Uh, and, of course, the Knights coming up against our team, the Warriors, but what's the book looking? That's a good one to start with, Eels-Melbourne. Yeah, it's fairly split. Uh, the Eels, uh, slight outsiders at the moment at $2.08. The Storm at $1.72. Of course, the teams were named uh, last night, uh, and uh, it's, well, the Eels are looking uh, significantly different uh, from that uh, grand final team that they had last year, and the Melbourne Storm also have a number of injuries, uh, certainly in the back line, so the money is fairly evenly split. It's slightly leaning towards the Melbourne Storm, who are a $1.72 favourite in that uh, first matchup of the NRL season. Uh, but in terms of the Warriors, boy, it's almost one-way traffic. Uh, the faithful are back. At, uh, what, this is our season. The Warriors, $1.54 favourites. Uh, the Knights, $2.40. The money keeps coming for the Warriors at $1.54. And also on the Warriors, minus five and a half in the handicap. So... There's a lot of faith and a lot of hope and a lot of confidence out there from New Zealand Warriors fans, and I hope they get repaid on Friday night because uh, oh, it could be a long, long season if not. Oh, beautiful. Hey, look, we've got a draft ladder on there, Paulie Moati. So if you had to draft one team, your first pick, who would it be? Uh, Nico Hines. Sharks. Sharks? Yep. Shock yeah, they, yeah, they've got a fairly a cruisy draw, uh, I think, just like they had last. I don't know how they do it, but uh, they got a fairly easy, well, fairly easy draw compared to other teams. So, yeah. No Nico, no Nico Hines this week, though, Paulie, so be careful. No. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, Paul. Anything else before we let you go, mate? Yeah, I just had a look at the Formula One. Of course, that kicks off at Bahrain. Um, this weekend, Max Verstappen, hot favourite there to win the uh, uh, Bahrain Grand Prix. He's a dollar eighty-three. Charles Leclerc at four fifty. Lewis Hamilton at eight. Carlos Sainz at nine dollars. I heard you talking uh, we bit earlier this morning uh, to a good friend uh, from the old Netflix documentary. I think he mentioned Fernando Alonso for a top three for a podium finish. He's three dollars and thirty cents. Fernando Alonso to finish in the top three. 
Beautiful Paulie Moati, there's a wee bit of gravy for you. $3.30, Fernando Alonso over in Bahrain. Thank you so much, mate. I hope you have a good day. We'll chat to you uh, tomorrow as well, mate. Thanks very much. Oh well, boys. Have a good one. There he is, Paulie Moati. Watching Bet Live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Louis, headlines coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Vodafone has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. SENZ, we're 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock and we're only 10 minutes away from Izzy and Kempe's NRL draft. Right, you've been texting on warning. We have so many names. We've sieved through and we've found 14 of you. You will be getting a call very soon. And you will be asked to declare your team on behalf of your side, either Team Kempi or Team Izzy. You just have to pick one NRL side. That's coming up in just a second. Gull's fueling your mission all year round. Visit gull.nz for some good value fuel. A couple of sports headlines very quickly, lads. Uh, Marcus Smith has been released from England to go back to his club Harlequins and get some game time. So... Uh, uh, George Ford is returning from injury. That leaves Marcus Smith out of the rotation. And staying with rugby, well, it's a good news story for the Southland Stags. Getting their man, the Stags' best player, Ethan DeGroote, has recommitted to the Stags for another year, although it would be concerning if he played for them because he'll be over there at the World Cup. We are massive Ethan DeGroote fans here at Izzy and Kimby for breakfast, but it's good news that he hasn't turned his back on the small province. Uh, he's not forgotten his roots. Those are your headlines, Izzy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for that wee update. Yeah, Marcus Smith gone. George Ford, Steve Borthwick coming in, ringing the changes early, which is, for real, he struggled. He struggled big time. He's got, he's got class. I just think he gets a little bit wayward in terms of his game direction in game now. So we know what he can do. He'll go back, get some confidence in the Harlequins. It'll be tough to get back in there. Obviously, uh, Farrell moving into 10, giving them that option, and they've got another option at 12. So it interesting to see what happens for Steve Borthwick, but Marcus Smith heading back to play some club rugby. How good. Thank you for those updates. Yep, we've got some... Uh, NRL draft coming up. I've got my teams collated on my pad here. Um, I've got a fair idea where Kempi going. He's pretty predictable. So we'll shoot away and we'll come back and we'll rip You're only picking two. NRL draft coming up. <laughs> and, and it is time for Izzy and Kempi's NRL draft. We did this with MPC teams. We had a blast. Izzy owes Kempi a lunch and it's double, double or nothing for Uncle uh, because we're running it back, but we thought we weren't going to involve you this year. You are going to split yourselves up, seven on each side with Izzy and Kempi. Everybody drafts one NRL team and it's head-to-head, team versus team, Side with the most regular season points wins, and there will be a prize. Don't worry about that. Everybody on the winning team will have a prize. You're in the hands of your peers, and you're in your hands of your captains, Israel Dag and Tony Kemp. Lads, how are the nerves? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling well, confident. I'm, yeah, and, I'm uh, feeling hungry. Just so. don't. Yeah, just goes okay. down to the, to, the, to the coin toss, really, so don't rig it, please, Luke. Uh, I'm not going to rig it. I've got a digital coin toss right here. And, uh, Kempi, you as the, uh, well, the resident leaguey, you can call. Uh, heads. 
Heads it is. Rigged. Absolutely <laughs> Mate, it was, it was on heads. I don't trust that digital stuff. I'll tell Get you what coin. I'm going to do. I'll Get tell you coin. what I'm going to do just to make Get it broke. Because I'm, I'm broke. I'm the, actually the one in front. I'm actually going to give Izzy first pick. Oh, wow. The generosity. That is, I just don't want no excuses. That is, okay. That is generous. Well, um, you, you've got you've got Mark there. If we boys, if we can patch Mark through, that is number one pick for uh, Izzy at uh, Team Izzy. So we'll patch Mark through, and Izzy, you can take it take it off uh, underway, mate. On you. So do I pick my team, or you want Mark to pick it? Oh, you, sorry. You you go first. You get the first pick, and then it's on you okay. and Mark. Yeah. I get the f- first pick, um, and I think this team was looking outstanding in the preseason. And like you said, Kempe, and it's the first name that I collated on my list. If this man is is fit, they'll go a long way to push into the final. So I'm going to go for the Seagulls, Manly. Okay, that is number that one is pick, Manly Seagulls. Love that, and Kempe with the return pick. Who do you take? Uh, I am going to take. Souths. Wow. There's some big names <laughs> left on the board early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is some big names left on the board early, but the Souths uh, uh my second team. But that's okay. So we're going to go to Mark from Christchurch, and he's going to give me his next pick. Morning, Mark. How you doing? Yeah, good, Izzy. Hey, uh, well, All geez, right. Thanks, hey, hey, Mark. I'm going to have to back against my own team. What? Well, Mark. Hello. Uh, just, just quickly, have you Hello. have you ever been out on a ranch, mate? Have you ever been out, you know, just slinging cows around the around the ranch? Or <laughs> you want me to take the cowboys? And, uh... No, no, no. I was just asking, <laughs> man. No, no. You, you, you got a team in your mind. You pick whoever you want, mate. Who you got? Who you got? God, I'm going to go for my my worst team, the, the team I dislike the most, but um, the Roosters. <laughs> yes, oh, good pick, Sydney. Sydney Roosters. Oh, I think so. The cheese man is back. Joe Manu, how good! Thank you, Mark. So we've got the Roosters for my my picks. Manly and the Roosters. Kimpy, Sean. I got Sean up next, picking for me. Hey, Shawnee, how you go, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Kimpy. Mate, um, Mark just Mark just took my pick. Okay. Um, well, you know this. Yeah. Lots of slimy critters in the creek, and there's you know, some, <laughs> some six shooters up there. And don't forget those tall man mountain down the bottom of the Blue Mountains. They go all right too. Yeah, mate. Yeah, let's um, let's lock in the eels, eh, Kimpy? Okay. Well, <laughs> what a choice. Well done. <laughs> Good man, Sean. Yes, yeah, slippery critters down there in the creeks. I love that, Gimpy. Great, great little lead in there. All right, we're going to go to Cam from Blenheim. Morning, Cam. How you doing? Good, thanks, fellas. How we doing? Good. You're good, mate. You're good. Uh, pretty horrible weather around at the moment. Lots of cyclones, a bit of thunder, a bit of, bit of storm. You know, storms are brewing. Yeah, which is not too bad in Blenheim, eh? <laughs> no storm there? No, nah, I'm not too worried about the storm, but my heart's telling me the was, but I'm going with the Cowboys. Yes, okay, beautiful. You're a ranch slinger. I love it. Love it, Cam. Appreciate it, mate. You, you with Team Izzy. That's the, you were confident, mate. We're confident. Well done. Ken Pete? Yeah, I'm up with Troy, and I've got a real good funny, funny feeling that 
Ch- choice sick of that weather too, that stormy weather. So let's have a look at what he's got. Going Lance, yeah, definitely punching with the brain on the front, so storm it is. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> love it. Oh, love it. The storm, beautiful. All right, let's go to uh, Aaron. Aaron Leopard, how you going, mate? Yeah, good boys. Yourself? Awesome. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm about to go ride a horse soon. You ever have you ever ridden a bronco? No, I've never ridden a Bronco. <laughs> Joking, mate. What do you got? What do you got, As? What who are you going for, bud? Uh, it's got to go. It's got to be hard to go past those Panthers, mate. Oh, oh how yeah. did they sl- drop to here? Thank yeah, I know, mate. That is great get. from from you, Aaron. That is great. You know what? They slipped my mind. I don't know why. Yeah. What a mug! But well done. That's why I've I've employed you, Aaron. So thank you very much, Kempe. Oh, good picks too. This is going to be an absolute. I'll tell you what I got to do. I got to go for a surf, but I'm a bit worried about them great whites out there. That's Brenton. <laughs> He's up next. Hey, Brenton, what you got? Hey, mate. Damn, the guy took my team. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna. Yeah, I was I was looking at the sharks too, mate. I think they'll be. I think they'll be next in line. Out of the ones that are left. Nice. We'll take that one, Brenton. He's got the Sharks. There's our top eight, boys. That's our top eight. Manly, Souths, Roosters, Eels, Cowboys, Storm, Panthers, Sharks. There's your final eight, which is pretty close to it. Still some picks on the board, though, is he? Yes, there is. John from Christchurch. He's starting through, mate. Get your patch on, John. Where we going, mate? What are you thinking? Well, I think the best up is upset team in the competition, mate. We've got to go the Raiders. Yes. The Raiders. We're going to be raiding Kempe left, right and centre. Oh, I love it, mate. I oh, love it. The Raiders are a dark horse spring. every year. Yep. No, you can have that. There you go. No, they're not, Kempe. <laughs> Here we are. Stay out of leave it. it. Leave it out. Pac-Man, Pac-Man. I like how he, he eats it all up. Oh, Pac-Man. He's going to come through with us. What you got, Pac-Man? You have a good... Tr- you have mate, a- I love those horses. Go the Broncos. They, they're the ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go the Broncos. Oh, Pac-Man. Well done. Well done. You got the Broncos in your team. Thank you, Pac-Man. You have a good day, mate. Good luck. Oh, my good friend. He knows what team to be a part of. Lammy from Come Palmerston on, P. North. Naughty. Lammy. Hey, I'll just tell you what, Can you... you ain't going swimming in the ocean with any dolphins, so don't even go there, so what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I've, just, uh, I've been busy working and I haven't been listening to you guys, so sorry, so teach me what teams are left. Oh no, hang on, oh, uh, Sharkies? There's Bulldogs, oh. Titans, Sharks are gone, Bulldogs, Titans, Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Dragons. and West Tigers. Dragons. Oh. Don't go puff the magic dragon too, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what, brothers? I'm going to go for my... Don't want to go for the Warriors, brother. Sweet ass. I'll go for the faithful. Yeah. Good man, There you go. Faithful. There you go. Oh, I like that. I like that. There was, other, there was one other team that I was thinking maybe them or the Warriors. So, thank you, Lammy. Appreciate your call. Good luck, no mate. Worries, brother. Appreciate it. There it is. <laughs> Have a good day. How oh, good, Louis? How good. Yeah. yeah, it is. We're going good, boys. We've got Izzy's got one more pick to make, and Kempy's got two, and it looks like we've got Mike on the line for you, Kempy. 
Good morning, Mike. How are you? Yeah, good, Kempi. How are you, bro? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been, uh, I've been. Hope you've been listening. You know, it, uh, yeah. I, I didn't really like um, Game of Thrones. I thought they were pretty average, and I'm just hoping that there's no dolphins out there today either when I'm surfing. So, who you got? <laughs> uh, sorry, mate. I haven't been listening. Who's left? Uh, who did, we got? Well, we've got the Bulldogs. Who let the dogs out? Yeah, that's a good one. Tigers, Knights, Dragons, and Dolphins. And the Titans. Oh, let's go the doggies, eh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you go those doggies, mate. They'll be barking straight <laughs> to the vet. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, All right, a close one, Look, whoever's coming on my team, whoever's coming on my team, have you ever been to Surface Paradise? Such a spot. That is such a spot, mate. Honestly, if you're a surfer and you want to turn yourself into a titan, that's where you go. So, you know what, Louie, I'm going to pick my own Gold Coast Titans. Whoa, 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 um, yeah, not bad. Uh, what's left? Oh, I missed that last one. So, uh, all the right, dragons. so Dragons, West Tigers, Knights, dolphins. and the Titans are left, and the Dolphins, but you ain't going to swim with them. <laughs> Ooh. Um, the only one that screams out to me are the Dragons. Yeah, you can have that one. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no, no, no honestly, you do not want to go in the cave with the Dragon. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll make the eight. <laughs> 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 have you come on? Have you come on to ruin me, Brad? I see what's happening here. You, I've, I've, oh, no, I've, I've wound you up all year, and you've come on to ruin me. That <laughs> was no, brilliant. No, no. All right, I, I trust you. I trust you. Dragons, not nah, go off your heart. Dragons, I'll take it. There you go, Louis. Okay, thank bo- you, Brad. Okay, boys, this is we're gonna have to park this for now. Uh, well, thank you, everybody. Mark, Cam, Aaron, John, Lammy, Brad, Kim, uh, Sean, Troy, Brenton, Pac-Man, Mike. Uh, we've got a couple of teams to go, but we're just running out of time. We're gonna finish. We're gonna tidy it up at twenty to nine tomorrow morning. And uh, after this, we'll catch up with Smithy. Thank you, everybody. This is going great, and we'll let you know exactly what the teams are looking like after this as well. And one of you is going to win that, that pair of golf shoes. So we'll decide that. We'll let you know where the teams sit. This is brilliant, though. These are looking very, very even. Right now, Izzy's got one more team than Kempi, and we'll find uh, a few more people to finish us off tomorrow. Smithy's after this.